0: Hey, it's Ricky Carmichael, and you're watching the Moto X Pod Show.
1: What's up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X Pod Show. Welcome back to another Vital MX Moto X Pod Show presented by Race Tech and Boysen. Once again, we've got a great guest lineup with Monster Energy Kawasaki's Adam C. and Cirillo, Team PRMX's Cade Clayson, and Twisted T Hep Suzuki's Marshall Welton all coming on. We also have some good topics to get into, but first, in studio, my regular co host, Scotty Thompson. What's up, Scotty? Uh, just talking to the chat talking to the chat yeah Yeah. if you guys are listening to this and post just the audio man try to join the youtube chat on vital mx's youtube channel there's a lot of good discussions going on within the group get some questions in scotty tries to interact with everybody so it's a lot of fun Uh, also in studio we have a special guest texas privateer doc smith what's up doc
2: not too much just uh happy to be here
1: yeah, I'm happy to have you on. You made your very first quote-unquote night show, day show in Atlanta, so we're going to get into that in a little bit. Uh, but also on the line, my friend, he's on the East Coast from Vital MX, Lewis Phillips.
3: What's up, friend? How you doing?
1: I'm doing good, doing good. Glad to have you on this week. It was a little lonely last week. Uh, I think we had a really good show last week, but it was, you know, you were supposed to be on, but you had a lot going on. You were I think you were doing another podcast that night.
3: Uh, yeah, well, that was an excuse. I can't
1: remember. Um, but it has been a while. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. Well, we're getting ready to get into the Boyson intake discussion. Boyson Boyson is excited to spotlight their factory racing rider support program, a comprehensive support system for motocross and off-road riders. The program offers participants exclusive access to Boyson's products, yearly discounts, and the potential to become one of their product development test riders. So join the community of Boyson Factory Flyers and visit boyson.com today to apply. Um, We we only have Lewis for about an hour tonight, so there's a couple topics I want to get into. And, Lewis, the first thing I really want to touch on is what is the media's role in our sport? It's a very small sport. It's a niche sport. You could burn bridges fairly quickly. Recently, we've had some agents who have, you know, wanted us to maybe not talk about certain things. And there's information that comes out all the time that we have to choose whether we're going to put that out early and maybe upset somebody. Where is that line for you, Lewis? How do we decide in your opinion, what's too far and, and how to make everybody happy?
3: That's, um, that's easy for me because I judge everything off of my personal conscience, conscience, conscious, conscience, conscience, conscience. Yep. Yep. That's the one. Yep. Yep. So like I go with my gut feeling, basically. Like I've got like Jiminy Cricket on my shoulder Um, and he tells me what's good and what's bad. Um And no, like my, my rule is if I feel like I can justify my, if I can justify my actions with facts and like stats and like I can really make a case for myself, then it's okay. If I, if someone questions me and I don't really have a defense, then clearly I cross the line. That's kind of what I that's kind of what I judge my actions off of. I never do something that I personally don't believe in, or I don't believe is right because then obviously, obviously it's wrong if you don't believe that yourself. Um, and that comes with criticizing riders, making decisions. Like you said there, you said that about releasing things early. like I've never been that guy because I feel like you said, so much of this industry is built off relationships and there's been a lot of things that I've been sat on for, well not currently, but in the past for a while and, like then the per- the person or party in question have given me first tips on releasing it or whatever as a show, sign of respect, and like you did the right thing, so here 's your reward um, so I believe in karma as well in that respect a lot um, yeah i think I think personal personal i think you can judge things off of your personal judgment i'm sure it's the same with you.
1: Yeah, I, I do, you know, and I'm not one of those guys, like I don't have all the connections either that maybe you have or, say, Michael Lindsay has or Steve Mathis, so I, I don't even necessarily always get the inside information anyway, but I generally would question, yeah, you know, is this something we can talk about? Um, Scotty, They're in other sports, right, I mean, if if uh, ESPN finds out breaking news, whether it's whether a team or, or whatever wants to release it, they're probably going to put it out. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. the me, But that's very different in major sports than our sport, I think. I think, again, small, small community, you could very easily upset Team A or Team Manager A or uh, Agent A, mm-hmm. and two years from now, you need to talk to one of their riders and like, yeah, no, you, you did this to us. We're not talking to you. So mm-hmm. it's very different. I don't think you can – for me, I don't feel like you can say, well, it's our job as the media to – put that news out as soon as we know it, necessarily every time. I think we have to weigh it.
0: See, I mean, you can look at it that way also. You can say, like, look at Bill Belichick, for example. Okay. he does not give the most information he knows going into it what questions are going what dumb questions are going to be asked and they know that they're not going to get an answer from him but they like they're kind of obligated to ask those questions he has to be there he can't say no and like so i think in that sense some of that stuff is probably you know, more prevalent in bigger sports of the getting inside information, releasing stuff Mm -hmm. when they find out all those guys that you see on ESPN and any other sports network, they all have an inside guy somewhere. Whoever gets it first, it's probably even more of a dog eat dog world than what the the supercross and motocross media is like. So I think it's kind of interesting that this is seems to be a problem because it's definitely prevalent in every other sport.
1: Yeah, uh, Doc. I'm gonna ask you a question in a minute, but Lewis, you know, it, let's say the NFL. they I don't know. Let's take a reporter and he gets word that so and so's hurt, or maybe they get a photo of something going on. They're probably gonna release it. But again, in our sport, if we get an early photo of Team Hurricanes' new race bike, you know, in in 2025. But we released that team Hurricane's gonna. I, I don't know if you guys know the reference team Hurricane. Are we there? Yeah. Okay. Gonna.
3: Cool. I do not.
1: That's from yeah. Winners Take <laughs> All, the motocross movie. You never saw Winners Take All? Nope. Okay. We need. To, we need. That's a movie you need to see. But anyway, that's Team Hurricanes from the movie. Doesn't matter. Um, if we release that photo six months early, Team Hurricane is gonna want nothing to do with us, and they're gonna tell us when we come in the pits no we're not and that hurts us in the long run Lewis, right so i mean that kind of goes to what you were saying a little bit ago
3: i um i frame i feel like i frame things in a very methodical way as well like i'll sometimes i'll sometimes i won't do an official story on something but i'll send out a tweet because that's much more informal um that's not as serious as writing an article i think the second you write an article on something it becomes quite a serious matter Mm. but i've said this to a few people i'll sometimes tweet something and say i have a feeling and if i tweet something saying i have a feeling that means i know but i'm not saying i know (laughs) so it's fine no one gets pissed off because like when i tweeted i ever like oh i feel like i tweeted something like oh i feel like prado's gonna come to america next year um that was because i got told he was 99 percent coming ultimately he's not coming because there was a u-turn and whatever but I didn't get in trouble or piss anyone off because I didn't say I know. I said, I just tweeted, I feel like. That mm. could have been come from anywhere. Um, so I'm quite, I am quite, I try and be quite methodical uh, in that way as well with the way I frame things, the way I word things. Like sometimes there's been times when I've found stuff out and I've gone up to the person and gone like, look, I have to do something on this. I know 100% of the story. I'm going to put out 50%. Because that won't burn you and like you know that I'm withholding this important information, so we're kind of good. Like I'll meet you halfway. And they're like, Okay, cool, I respect like I kind of work with them to see what they would find acceptable and then we find a middle ground on what will work for everyone and everyone's good. Yeah. Um yeah, like I don't think I've ever actually pissed anyone off because of because I've overstepped the boundaries of journalism. The only time I've ever pissed someone off is if they disagree with my opinion. But opinion is an opinion. That's like Every, uh, opinions everyone has them, Absolutely. so that's a completely different matter. But I don't think I've ever pissed anyone off by overstepping the mark of uh, respect or uh, what's deemed uh, suitable as a journalist. Or like I've never crossed the line of morals or ethics. I guess.
1: Yeah, I've I've had a few writers. I, I just said a minute ago that I don't have a lot of insider information, and I don't have a lot. But I have had writers tell me things, and they say, "Hey, this is," or I'll ask them off the record you know, what you plan next year, or off the record, are you going to do this? And they'll answer, and they've trusted me, a few of them, enough to give me answers, and yeah, I try to keep that stuff very, very tight. Uh, Doc, you're not obviously in the media, you're a privateer, you're a young guy, but what do you think when it, if somebody within the industry is kind of trying to control the storyline by saying, oh, we don't want you to talk about this, but it's somewhat of a storyline. It could be a major story, or it could be... Not so major of a story, but it's something to talk about. If a team manager or an agent says to us as media as a whole, we don't want you to talk about that.
2: Yeah, well, I mean I uh I don't really know to know where to go with that just in yeah, the fact okay. of like of course you wanna follow what they're asking because it could be it could lead to a bad like outcome. you m- might not get to talk to that writer more because could yep. you normally have to go with your agents to get to writers half the time. <laughs> so you You might not get to talk to him as much, but is it worth it for the, the size of what it, like? What it is?
1: That's kind of how I look at it because I don't need doors closed in my face. Uh, Lewis, I think I told you this. I'm pretty sure at Glendale, you know, like Dustin Pipes said something to, to me about a question I had asked Ken Roxon in a, a press day a few weeks earlier. I'd asked him, do you think anything would have went differently this season if you had signed with Firepower Honda? And it was just a general question. Just yeah, see what he thought. But Dustin took it as me saying, you know, like, you should have signed with Firepower. Things might have been better. And I told Dustin, that's not how I worded the question. And he said, well, that's kind of how it felt to me. And he was bummed on that question, Lewis. And then, you know, that makes me go, well, like, you got to find that line. Like, I'm not trying to upset Dustin Pipes. And I don't want Dustin Pipes to say, you're not welcome in the HEP tent, which he did not say that. But... You do ha you, you walk that line and, and it's kind of touchy in this industry
3: um yeah but that's, I think that comes back to what I said at the yeah. top, like if you can justify the question and you can justify why you asked it, then it's game on. if he questions it and you're like uh, yeah I, I, you know what i, I yeah yeah, you'd have a shit like you've been you clearly fucked up um and I know you had a response to that of what you really meant so you you were good um yeah, I think that like I think that rule can be applied to everything. But it's, I I put interviews down as like um, similar to opinions. Like you can ask whatever you want because ultimately a rider can say no comment. Um, obviously, if you ask a question that backs a rider into a corner, then that's a bit maybe that's a bit much. Mm-hmm. But you can a rider can say no comment, or I don't want to talk about that right now, or uh, you can ask me that in a couple of weeks, or you know he, they can even change subject completely and steer the conversation down a different path, like. Interviews, it takes two to tango. Um, True. But yeah, so I, I look at inter- interviews are kind of completely different as well. That's kind of like I feel like I look at everything because it's its own little segment, I guess.
1: Yeah, and there has been questions like in when we're not live on this show, maybe press day. I'll like, I asked Jason Anderson a question that uh, before I started the interview, I said, Hey, I'm going to ask you this. If you don't want to answer, obviously don't answer. Or do you just? Would you rather me not even answer it? And Jason Anderson's like, yeah, go for it, do whatever. And then a couple of there's been other people who go, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to answer that. And I said, okay, just say you can't answer. You know, so I kind of I try to. I've
0: I don't seen know. you do that, huh? I've seen you do that. Yeah,
1: I might be too nice, and I've cut stuff out of interviews um, at the Motocross the Nations at Redbud a couple years ago. Not this last one, but I interviewed Kathy Tomac. And she said some stuff during that interview. I was like, oh, I can I'm not going to be able to use this. <laughs> and I got actually Kawasaki's Saki's PR. Um, I can't remember her name at the time. Uh, I can't remember what her name was. I'm blanking. But she said later, said, hey, what did she say? She's really bad about saying things she shouldn't. <laughs> and I said, oh, she did. And I'm not going to use it. So, yeah, I try to be pretty fair with that stuff. Because, again, I don't want the doors closing in my face. Um, one other thing, Liz, before we move on to the next subject, like, at Glendale, we were told with Jet Lawrence, no interviews on press day. That was not cool. I have an issue with that.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. If I mean, if a rider doesn't want to do anything, then I guess that's their right. But then ultimately, you, you could again. It goes back again. This one goes back to the meet halfway. Like, um, oh, I only want. I don't really want to do interviews, but you can ask me about this. Okay, I'll meet you halfway. You know, like mm-hmm. that um i like i would i would respect that more and i would accept that more um than just yeah like no the door's closed and there's no way of opening it like right like yeah i've had riders in the past go ah oh, like not impressed they obviously but like after the race go, oh, i'm really not in the mood to do interviews and i've been like well what about if i what about if i talk about this instead like well we won't even touch that and they're like yeah okay and then it's actually turned out to be a really good interview because they're they're quite relieved to talk about a thing something other than what they don't want to talk about Absolutely. Um, it's all it's like a game of monopoly this (laughs) industry like you've got i feel like you've got to be methodical with every move you've got a double think. you've got a double double think. what's the word there's a phrase for that double check double think you've got to double check everything you do um reassess every decision and think you've got to think two steps ahead that's Mm. the saying i've been looking for yeah
1: my biggest issue with that moment was that he it was press day that's why he was there for press that was my issue like if you don't want to do interviews yeah, I'm a little disappointed. It kind of sucks, but you don't come to, like on Saturday, fine, but don't come to press day and don't, and not do press. Uh, go ahead, Scotty. Sorry. Yeah.
0: I was just going to say, like, that on that exact same thing, like, um, Marshawn Lynch used to do not want to yeah. do. He used to not want to do his interviews. I remember that. Yeah, and it's it's, player, he would Lewis. get fined by yeah. the uh, the association that he was with. He'd get fined for not doing it. So he would literally answer every single question with, uh, "I'm just here, so I don't get fined." <laughs> hey, how do you expect this game to go today? I'm just here, so I don't get fined. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do that if you have to. I mean, right. obviously, people will get the hint and kind of maybe leave you alone a little bit. But yeah. it's just crazy that we don't make like it's just you know such a different in our sport it is. than others.
1: It's uh, All right, um, we're going to move on. Did you know you can get the same great products, settings, and services that Racetech offers locally to you with a tuner you can drive to and likely see at your local racetracks? Racetech has a network of service centers around the globe who have access to the same parts and settings as Racetech's headquarters in Corona, California. Log on to Racetech.com to find the Racetech center closest to you. This week's featured Racetech service center is Moto Experts, M-O-T-O-X, P-E-R-T-S, Moto Experts in Utah. They are leaders in off-road and motocross suspension setups. So if you're riding in Utah, hit up Moto Experts. And if you're anywhere else, check out Racetech.com for your local service center. All right, Lewis, you are our Vital MX resident MXGP genius, know-it-all guru. (laughs) So I have some questions. Obviously, we know I don't have a lot of experience with the GPs. I will tell you right now, I am all in I have this last race was unreal. I was just blown away at how f- awesome, especially the MX2 Moto 2 was unreal. But a couple of questions I have. Here in the States, obviously, everybody wants a single digit number. In MXGP, I think the only two guys that have single digit numbers are Favre and, and, uh, is it Patcherelle? Is that how you say it?
3: Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: What, is there a reason behind that? Is it not as coveted? I know this is not like the most important question in the world. I'm just curious.
3: Um, MXGP is a free-for-all. You can take whatever number you want. So um, if you want to be 999, you can. If you want to be 2, you can. Obviously, number. To be honest, I think you may even be able to take number 1 if you want to without being a champion. Oh, wow. I'm sure it's probably frowned upon. and you prob- maybe, maybe if someone tried. I don't think anyone's ever been bold enough to try. So maybe if you tried, you would get shut down. <laughs> but... I don't think there's actually a rule against it. Like, it's just a free-for-all. The only rule is that you can't take a number that's already taken, obviously. Um, and the rider who had the number the previous season gets first right of refusal.
1: Okay. All right. And then my other question is, I they mentioned, uh, Paul Mayland mentioned the wild card a couple times, and I didn't look into what that means this season. What is the wild card in MXGP this
0: year?
3: A wild card is basically... What's the easiest way of explaining it? A wild card is basically someone who signed up for that race. They didn't sign up for the full season. So they've just, like, they're just at that race as a wild card, to use it as a sentence. Like, oh, who is the wild? Who's who signed up as a wild card this weekend? Oh, look, it's so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. So would, um, that be, basically, would that be like Doc here just showing
1: up to a local, to one of our outdoor races, and he, he's just a privateer, he hasn't been in the series, he's a wild card, or is that something different?
3: Yeah, yeah, if he signed up to, if he signed up to one outdoor and he hadn't done the first seven for no reason, then yeah, he's a wild card. Obviously, MXGP has, um, officially approved teams as well. Mm -hmm. So all of those, all of those riders on officially approved teams aren't wild cards because they've pre-entered for the entire season. Um, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, British Championship riders or Dutch Championship riders who just turn up for one or two events wherever they are in the world. Um, and they're not, they're clearly not involved in the full series.
1: So that's not, that hasn't been the way it's been in the past. I thought when they go to certain races, like say Mexico, where it's not, you know, over in Europe, then a lot of local riders had showed up in the past. Is that not normally the case?
3: No, they've all, wild cards have been around forever. There's always Uh, been wild
1: cards. Okay.
3: They've just changed, they've just changed the format this year where wild cards have their own practice session. um, And they've lowered the entry fee for, uh, for wild cards. So it's a little easier to be a wild card and they've kind of changed the way it's formatted a little bit.
0: Got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah, that was one of the the gate looked bigger than it's than what I'm used to seeing. Like fuller. Yeah, more fuller. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. That's because they lowered the entry fee. It used to be a thousand euros a race. Ooh. Now it's three hundred. Jeez.
1: Um, okay. So another question. I texted you this while I was watching the race. I asked you the question: Are there any tracks in the GPS that are like the Red Buds or Millville's that are the kind of the favorite tracks, the the you know the perfect track? And you said not really. It's more tracks with history like Lomo. Um so is there not a single track that like this is where everybody wants to go, they can't wait for this particular track?
3: Not really, because every track in MXCP is so different. Like you've got deep sand and mm. some riders love that and some riders hate it. You've got slick, rocky, hard pack like um like Trentino at the weekend, some riders love that, some riders hate it. Like the tracks change so different so much that it's kinda down to personal preference more than anything. Um Obviously, if you ask Hurlings, he's going to say that the ones he, look, he looks forward to are the soundtrack. If you ask any other rider, they'll probably say, no, that's not on my list at all. Um Matterly Basin in the UK is kind of a track that is universally liked, but it's not like everyone just adores it. But pretty much everyone says it's a good track and they really like it and they look forward to it. Um That's kind of received for most votes as best track on the schedule. So I guess that, but then it's not like that has an incredible atmosphere and it's a special event like Red Bull.
1: Okay. Uh Scotty, you watched the races. Yeah. Anything that you took away from this weekend cuz again, I said I was just blown away this MX2 class. There was uh, like two laps or maybe four or five laps actually in a row where Paul Malin just like so and so just set the fastest lap of the race and the next lap was Kyda Wolf just set the fastest lap of the race. Those guys are just absolutely ripping and upping it every level all the way to the end.
0: Yeah, well the first thing I want to say is you talked about like how the, some of the tracks are I thought that they captured a really good job of showing the view from the top of that mountain it was yeah mm-hmm. it, it was mm-hmm. it was really cool and I you know I showed my fiance who knows nothing about motocross and she's like she was like wow that's you know that's incredible so it's good of them to do that to kind of capture the normal person that's not just totally invested in moto I thought that was a unique view of it as far as the racing goes it it blows my mind how like just long, they just stay in that competitive battle. Like God, all the way to they, the, end. just the, Jesus. yeah, it's, it's crazy. There's how, no lull in the and, GPs and the tracks so are, yeah. And the tracks are so gnarly cause they, they've been riding them since Saturday and they're all worked in, but they're rough and it's just, it, they they do stuff that just absolutely blows my mind. And, and I, I thought it was interesting to see Hurlings uh, moved up the way he did. Yeah. We're going to get to that. In yeah. A second. And um I, I thought it was, I think that, and I guess I, Lewis could answer this better, but it seems to me like the four or five guys at the top have really kind of stepped their game up. And it, it looks to me to be one of the most impressive paces that I've seen. And it's over the last couple of years that I've watched it.
3: Um, oh, wait, well, you want me to jump in? Yeah, go ahead. Um, <laughs> yeah there is there's already been separation. There are definitely four or five guys already who have kind of broken a broke a free of the pack in m x g p um before fifty cars um I would say like Hurlings was super impressive in that second race on Sunday, but I would say that doesn't even rank in the top fifteen rides of hurling's career um It really doesn't. He lapped everyone in the dry once um um, yeah, he finished like fourth or something with a broken femur once. Um, like, it really, like, yeah, but that doesn't even rank in Hurling's top 10. Um, I know you tweeted, Jamie, that you kind of that made you realize just where the Hurling's hype comes from. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot more. There's a lot more where that came from. Well, I know that, and but I, I guess,
1: because he's not 100%. And that, that, those couple laps at the end of Moto 2, where I think he was fourth behind Favreau, and he was like eight seconds behind. Uh, Prado and, uh, I'm blanking, uh, Renault. Yep. And then like a They're lap gone. later, he was, he was there. And I was like, where did he come from? And two seconds later, he was eight seconds ahead. I
4: was like, how does <laughs> how that,
1: you, that, that how math, even, work? how the math works. <laughs> <laughs> he was just gone. And I was like, okay, Hurling's is proof. There's extraterrestrials. He cannot be human. <laughs> that was uh, just blew my mind. Um, uh, Lewis it just blew my mind. I'm so in.
3: Yeah. Like he, um, he took the lead in the second race and I looked down at my laptop and then I looked back up and there was just no one else in view. And yeah. I was like, what, wait, what? Yes. Like, where did Where like, wait, there's no way he's pulled that big a lead in the last 30 seconds. Um, and yeah, he's not a 100%. That definitely isn't a track that Hurlings has really like been. uh, although he's won there in the past, but it's not, it's not a Hurlings track. He's always been beatable around that. Um, he was on a perfect season in 2016, I think, and it was Fernandez who beat him at Trentino. Hmm. That was the track where he got beaten. Um, Geyser beat him. Geyser won his first GP there in 2015, beating Hurling. So, like, Trentino isn't a Hurling's track. Like, yeah, if you keep watching, you will be amazed coming up when we get to places like Lommel because he will, he will make everyone else look silly.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, Prado and Renault weren't going slow. Like, they were destroying it. I think I had just, I was already amazed at how fast those two were going at it, and then just the making to look bad. Uh, we only have a couple more minutes before we get AC on. I was gonna. What do you? You just got to watch the highlights, Doc. Just what did you take away watching it?
2: Oh goodness! Like the <laughs> the amount of passing that's going on with these mm-hmm. races. It seems like there's always battles in the outdoors here, but there it seems like there's always a battle going on, and not not even just up front, but like it's just consistently always change everything's yes. changing consistently where it seems like other than maybe the top three and the outdoors here you'll have battles but they're not always it's not like it is over there they're they're always consistently like trying being killer instinct the whole time it seems absolutely
1: like. Lewis, I think it's four winners in four rounds in the MXGP class but Prado I feel like Prado's is going to be very difficult to beat in this championship just as a Newbie to this because he keeps getting those qualifiers. Extra ten, he keeps getting the 10 points from qualifiers pretty consistently, and his starts are unreal.
3: Yeah, um, it's the starts that are going to be the biggest thing. He doesn't really get in trouble because of that. Um, and even if he has a bad race, he starts first and he finishes sixth, which isn't a bad race at all, really, in the grand scheme of things, especially when you look at Hurling's Feather, a Sewer going down to turn one, turn one on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. Things can be a lot worse than that. Um. yes Prado will be tough to beat but if Hurlings can unlock what he did in the second moto on Sunday then that's that like there's nothing Prado can do because at that point Hurlings will be unstoppable and he's going to just have to try and make the best out of that situation everyone in MXGP guys are included Prado included knows that Hurlings can decimate the competition they know they know that there is a chance that on Sunday if Hurlings turns up on his game, they're fighting for second. They know that. Yeah. Um, okay. Sometimes it doesn't happen, but everyone definitely looks at Jeffrey with a. They kind of, Jeffrey kind of has that wow factor, and I think that definitely kind of has an impact on his rivals, because even they kind of look up to him a little bit. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say that 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 se- it seems to be like this was the first ride where you really saw that untouchable Hurlings, and that it's. Maybe those guys—it's got to affect their week somehow. The fact that they kind of thought that he was a little bit of vulnerable, and then all of a sudden he shows you what he was—and that's got to make the either encouraging or discouraging, however you want, however which each rider wants to look at it, right.
1: Uh, I want to tell you guys about X-Brand real quick, which has quietly grown into one of the premier goggle choices available, using some of the most grueling conditions by the 2022 GNCC XC2 champion, Lyndon Snodgrass, the 2022 GNCC ATV Pro champion, Bryce Neal, and many more. This past weekend at Camp Coker, Grant Baylor won, running X-Brand, and Craig Long finished 2nd Xbrand.com. go to your local dealership, ask for X-Brand, distributed through WPS. Uh, the last little topic I wanted to touch on before we get AC on with the GPs, Lewis, is Liam Everts. He's he's he seems to be getting better, right? He's a I think he's a rider that you have been pushing for if I'm not mistaken or, or have high thought high opinions of, and it seems like he is getting better and better every round. Yeah, he's always
3: been good Um, there's always been people who have wondered whether he would be in this position without his name and his name obviously has positives and negatives of course Um, he never lit the world on fire as an EMX rider, it wasn't like he was dominant in those series it was definitely a little bit of a surprise that he got this factory ride Um, especially with Stefan's history with KTM because that relationship didn't end great in the early 2010s or whenever it was so were definitely eyebrows raised at that.
4: Um,
3: I don't think I expected him to be on the podium this soon. I, if you put a lie detector test on the team, I don't know if they would have expected him to be on the podium this soon. So he's definitely exceeded expectations so far. Um, and he's he's on a one year deal, which even that I find strange. But KTM would sign Liam to the factory team for the first time, but only give him a one year deal. Like mm-hmm. Adamo, in contrast, is on a multi year deal. Um, I think that was kind of strategic because there are some other guys coming up, but based on what he's done so far, I imagine that will be extended because this is this is working out quite nicely for all involved. And I think that <laughs> Liam is becoming his own rider, which has obviously been very difficult because he's got his dad and his granddad by his side at every single GP.
1: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun to watch, but I want to get into our first guest, Luxon. When it comes to triple clamp suspension, and chassis parts, there's no comparison. Luxon MX makes the best parts you can buy. Luxon's advanced engineered background and techniques allow them to develop products that are unlike the rest, lighter and stronger with optimized stiffness to enhance your riding comfort and precision. Luxon products are designed, engineered, and made in the USA, so check them out online at luxonmx.com and all orders of $100 more ship free within the continental US. Use promo code MotoXPOD to save at Luxon. Tonight, Luxon brings us from Monster Energy, Kawasaki, our boy Adam C. N. Cirillo. What's up, AC?
5: What's up, guys? How are you? How's Dude, my audio? I'm just in the car right now. Yeah, sounds
1: good. Uh, we got you loud and clear. Lewis, can you hear AC okay?
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. You
1: want to say hi to your friend? Hi, friend. Right.
3: How you doing? Have you watched Bar to Bar lately? <laughs> How are you, Lewis? I'm good. I missed you at the weekend, but I'll see you this weekend. I know. I, I haven't the last couple of races.
5: Um, I was just telling... I was just telling Nick, I uh, just left the gym. I was telling him I haven't really had any interviews or anything the last couple of weeks. By the time I, I debrief with the team and come out, everybody's gone. So, uh, yeah, going to have to get on top of that.
3: I'm always I'm always there. So I'll, I'll stick around a little longer this weekend. Love it.
1: Listen, AC, I want to talk to you about this weekend and your, your uh, season. First of all, the heat race, man, very, very lucky to walk away from that. that watching that thing in slow motion it could have been bad. So you got to be happy that that worked out well and went on to what I think was a, a good ride.
5: Yeah. I thought it was, um, I thought it was a productive weekend. Um, felt like obviously got lucky with the heat race crash there. It was kind of a stupid move on, on my end. I just got, I got a little bit quick off of the wall there into the whoops. And I was actually hitting those things in fourth gear. Um, and kind of lugging coming off of the wall, and it just really hooked up. The whoops had a lot of traction there and really hooked up, and I ended up skipping one, and yep. they're all, already a bit edgy. Um, and when you skip one, normally if you're going straight, you can just kind of reach to the next one and figure it out. But I entered a little bit crooked, uh, and so when I tried to reach for the next whoop, um, kind of hit an edge with my back tire, and, yeah, the rest was history. But definitely, uh, definitely – Pretty pretty brutal scary crash there. Took a took an uppercut from my <laughs> from my renthals. But um, yeah, I was able to get up and felt good about kind of my recovery there and that didn't compound any mistakes the, the rest of the day and um, and managed to have a managed to have a good day. So um, yeah, all in all, obviously you never wanna hit the ground, but we're all healthy and it's all good.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you, I thought watching it live that – I think it was Coop that was coming up on you. when he, I thought you were like, no, hell no, you're not passing me and got kind of maybe stepped outside of that comfort zone that you've been talking about riding in and, and got a little antsy, but that was not the case apparently.
5: Well, I, I'm not going to deny that there there's some of that for sure. You always want to stay in front of the guy that's behind you. Um, but I think it was just – it was more a case of that section – you know when you're practicing it's easy to kind of even in, in qualifying practice it's easy to like stay in your process and do what you um, like you can kind of stay within your comfort zone and um, just having that race I hadn't been near the front um, in a while I had my sore seven big brain just haven't really been up there and so I was really excited about my pace for the day I qualified uh, P2 and I was you know, I was pretty close to, pretty close to chase and just felt good on the track. So I was definitely excited and wanted to, to battle for that, that heat win. Um, and yeah, just got a little bit, um, I wouldn't really even say ahead of myself, but just, um, yeah, just got a little bit cocky, I guess. And, and they bit me, but, um, (laughs) yeah, I was, I had good entertainment,
3: I guess. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Are you, um, are you starting to believe that like, Heat wins are possible, podiums are possible, and whatever. Like, are you starting to walk around with a bit of a spring in your step because you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, I guess, a little bit? Like, I feel like things are so encouraging right now.
5: Yeah, it's been, you know, since – I'm going to be real with you guys. The start of the year for me, look, I've never been in the position that I'm in I'm in right now. You know, I've been obviously, you know, dealing with a lot of um, health stuff, um, and coming back after so long off, I I, I lost a lot of pace in the time off. You know, the last few years, I, I really haven't ridden Supercross much at all. Um, and it's really difficult when the pace keeps getting, keeps getting faster. And um, it was, you know, it's November time, um, you know, getting ready for the season. And I was not, you know, I was looking like I was an 18th place guy. You know, I, I had to really build myself up from, from scratch and, and the start of the season, you know, being, being as far off as I was, um, you know, it, it hurt. And it it took a bit for me to kind of wrap my head around what logically, what I need to do to get back there. And that's, and that's small steps and that's being really patient. Um, But I'm not used to just being straight up slow and and that's where I was. And really I kind of had a breakthrough mentally when I, when I had my little wrist aggravation and, and missed a couple races there. And since I came back for Indianapolis, I feel like I'm in a really good headspace. I feel really confident and positive about what I'm doing. Um, and yeah, I think it's been, you know, on paper, it's, you know, it's a lot of six and a lot of sevenths and, and stuff like that, but just how I'm my pace I'm showing and qualifying, how the pace is coming to me, my comfort on the bike, and even my days during the week um, have gotten substantially better. Like I'm, I'm kind of feeling like I'm feeling all that pace come back, um, all the sensations that I, that I used to feel come back. And, you know, it, it, it takes a, a lot, a lot of work to, to get that stuff back. And, you know, I'm, you know, straight up, I'm proud of myself for, for clawing my way back to where I'm at now. Uh, it, it's no easy task. These guys are, are really good at the world class. So, yeah, that's, that's the name of the game for me now is to try to not get too far ahead of myself. Like you said, you know, you do start setting these little goals for yourself. You're like, you know, I can win this heat race or, you know, I get top or maybe get a podium and stuff like that. And you can kind of start skipping steps You start, you start focusing on the result more than you focused on, um the process of what you're doing and that's where you can get yourself in trouble. So for me it's I I always have to, you know, stay grounded and stay intentional. Um and that's kind of my yeah, that's kind of my mantra.
3: I was um I was wondering that because obviously you did have that couple of weeks off there. And it's rare for someone to miss time and then come back better than they were before. So that was just like a mental breakthrough. It gave you a chance to I guess reflect on what you'd learned through the first seven rounds or whatever apply that and come back with a fresh outlook
5: yeah exactly and and just what I was doing before you know at these races I just I wasn't happy I wasn't um you know I didn't feel good about what I was doing I was I was super I was being super hard on myself and just wasn't just really just wasn't in a good place with it all and I needed and that's on me. um and I needed a little bit of a you know I needed to check myself and like I just said, you know, be intentional with, um, with how I'm being and celebrate the small victories. And I think, you know, you guys saw that a little bit of emotion there after after Indianapolis get my season best. And, um, you know, that's where that emotion comes from is really you know, I'm doing a lot of work mentally to getting myself uh, to where I'm at right now.
0: Yeah, AC, I've, I've been a longtime fan of yours. Ever since I saw you in oh9 Lake Whitney, fall in the first corner and come back and beat everybody, uh, that, was, that was awesome. Um, but just to see you, you know, obviously the journey you've had to go through has been a, a long one, but to see you grind and slowly get back there, man, it's been so encouraging to see you improve this season. Um, but going off of kind of the pace and stuff that you were talking about, where do you think that – Going back to the couple of years ago when you were kind of consistently the fastest guy, kind of similar to what Chase is doing this year, do you think that pace is was good enough to compete now, or how how crazy has the pace gotten since your run of, of pole positions?
5: Well, I, it's that's tough for me to say. Um, I know, you know, big thing for me this year is just my roll speed and my turns hasn't been what it was then. Um, you know, I haven't been. You know lacking a little bit of upper body strength and, and some of the things, pushing the lanes is what I do really well. And I'm getting back to that now, but certainly in the beginning of the season, just being cautious, being away from the game. I wasn't sharp in those areas. And, um, tough for me to say pace wise, but it's you know how I was getting my pace was never going to was never going to lead to long term success. You know, it's you have to evolve and I think you know you guys are seeing that with Chase over the last couple of years is is it's not it's not necessarily the speed that's all, that's been tough for me. It's um, it's kind of harnessing it and just go out on the rack and try as hard as you can, you know, around the whole track and just give it a bunch of gas. It's it's kind of understanding understanding the limit, um, and that's why there's not that many champions. That's why there's not that many consistently kind of dominant race winning, you know, guys like Tomac and guys like Cooper Webb because it's it's difficult. It's it's really hard to, you know, to crack the code and um I guess I've kind of started from scratch. You know, I kind of feel like a, a rookie again. But um I can tell you I have a much better I'm just a much smarter racer now. Um I've I've matured I feel like ten years in this past you know, eighteen months and um I think I have everything I need I think I have everything I need to accomplish my goals long term. You know, it's it sucks that it's kind of I shouldn't say it sucks but um kind of unfortunate that it's taken taken everything that's happened to get me there, but maybe that's what I needed. You know, and maybe that's what I needed not only for racing but for life and um just yeah, like you said, I'm just in a I'm in a content place right now. I'm I'm really happy really stoked to be doing my job and, um, yeah, man, just all around good vibes.
0: Yeah, I'm glad to see it, man. It's been, it's been awesome to see it. Yeah. Thank Adam, it's, you. Uh, Thank you. I
6: appreciate it.
2: It's Doc Smith here. I, um, I was just curious, like you're saying you needed to work on your corner speed. That's where you were lacking. Like how, how do you go about finding like, this is, this is where I need to be better. Like, because we can all of course be better in every part yeah. of the track, but
5: Sorry, you were, you were cutting out a little bit, but basically you're just talking about, like, corner speed?
2: No, I was saying, like, how did you find, like, how did you know that's that's where you needed to be better? Because, like, you can be better on all the track. Of course, we all can. But, like, how did you find, like, that's that's what you needed right there.
5: Well, it's just a feeling. You know, it's just, um, you know, I've put in a lot of laps over the course of my life, and I just know, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty, pretty logical guy I, and pretty aware guy. I can... I can zoom out and kind of assess myself and, and see where I'm at. And I just know, you know, obviously I watch, you know, I watch a lot of tape, all the, the top guys, past races. Um, you know, I watch a lot of, you know, I have somebody film me every day. I, I watch my riding. I compare it to, to years ago or weeks ago, or months ago. And, um, and that's where I was so good in, in 2020 was just roll speed. You know, that not. I kind of have and you could see it if you go if you go watch those races from that year and then you watch the last couple of races. And, you know, when when I was on TV, it's just it's this little pause in the middle of my turns that um, adds up quite a lot. Um, and, you know, I, I have been a bit on the, the cautious side of things because that's, you know, I'm sticking to my game plan. So it, it's some of that. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I feel it kind of starting to come back it's when you take a long time off and you and you do come back things tend to kind of come at you quick um and all those little things all those little things you have to do to be great around the track you know before it feels like you know one or two thoughts and and now it feels like 30 thoughts basically <laughs> that's the best way i can describe it um and yeah we're down to about we're about down to about 10 thoughts or so i <laughs>
1: You mentioned a minute ago and you've talked about this this season a lot that you know you you weren't as happy as you are now. You had to reassess your mentality and rethink things. Uh and, and you just said a second ago these things probably happen. It's good for you don't know why it happened but it it's probably good for not only moto but your life. And I think that's actually listening to you talk this season a few times that you and I have talked like I that's something I felt is that this changed you a little bit as a person, and I think long term it's going to be super beneficial in your personal life, but also in racing so I definitely think that's going to be a key point where you're going to be more successful because of that
5: absolutely um, yeah, one thing I would say is kind of this mentality we all have you know growing up as athletes uh, you know you always want more you know you hear these guys talk you, know, you see you know, guys like Ricky Carmichael, Ryan, Vipolo, because it win championships all the time, you know, it starts to, you know, it's on to the next one every time. And, and all we're trained for is to want more and more and more. And guess what? When you retire, that doesn't end. That doesn't go away. Um, and, you know, and it can leave you feeling, it can leave you feeling a bit empty. Um, I think you've seen, you know, a lot of people, it's been pretty public, publicized about athletes that struggle post-retirement and, you um, it's because really you're not tending to all these areas of your life and you're kind of honed in on one or two areas to make you the best athlete you can. But, um, you know, it doesn't, I guess you're not very well-rounded. And you don't know how to, you don't really know how to be content with what you have because you, you just need to be ambitious. You just need to want more. and You need to have that to, to work hard and do everything you can, but it, it doesn't really translate to the rest of your life. If you don't have the tools emotionally to to figure it out. And, you know, I can say that if this past few years didn't happen and I kept on going and, you know, I ended up winning championships and accomplishing every goal I've ever had, you know, I got to the end of the road. This is all things that I would have to go through, you know, when I'm 35 Mm -hmm. or or 40 and, um, you know, who knows how long it would take me to learn. But the fact that these, these struggles forced me to find a place Mm -hmm. mentally um, where I do really just, see a lot of value in myself as a human and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really difficult to describe, but it's just a lot of things that growing up, um, nope. an environment where I was, where I was learning all this stuff. So yeah. it's been, it's been really rewarding experience.
1: Hey, see, you just also mentioned a minute ago when your answers and you told Lewis this, I think he won his press day videos about how fast everything happens that you've been noticing the difference since, you know, coming back from the injuries, et cetera. And we used to talk about all the time, like, it seemed like James Stewart, everything must have been much slower for him. That's why he could do things as well as he did. Do you – have you noticed that speed slowing down as things are happening over the last few weeks? Has it been a significant change or gradual?
5: It's been pretty – it's been pretty gradual. I would say – you know, and sometimes it's it's the track, how comfortable you feel on the track or, you know, if a track is suits you a little bit more in your riding style. But, uh, yeah, there's nothing like, you just can't emulate it in practice. Um, and even this off-season, to be honest with you guys, I didn't do much. I didn't do a lot of laps. Like, I was I was really under the gun. Um, and so, you know, it was difficult at first to kind of get all those, those sensations and those feelings back. But, yeah, I would say it's been it's been gradual and it's been a lot, you know, I'd say, shoot, if I had to put a number on it, you know, five to 10%, you know, slower the last, the last few weeks. And, you know, it seems to be getting better really every week. And yeah, I think a lot of it is just, like I said, that mental switch that I flipped, um, you know, just to be a bit more positive, be a bit more encouraging, you know, to myself.
4: I, um,
3: I've I've asked you this a few times this year, but I like tracking it. Um, if you had to put a percentage on where you're at at the moment um, compared to your peak, obviously being one hundred percent, what where would you put it? Riding wise, but then also separately um, to like judge your mental state.
5: Yeah, my my mental my mental state. I mean, I can't. It's impossible for me. We we could sit here and talk for three hours about about this last couple of years. You know, I think if You know, if you had a camera on me this last couple of years, I don't think you, I don't think you'd believe it. You know, some of the stuff that I've, um, some of the stuff that I've gone through and, you know, kind of stuff that's even off the record. And I, I can't even describe how much I have grown. It's kind of a, a burnout phase these days, but how much I've grown mentally, it's, it's astronomical. You know, I felt like, yeah, I feel like a completely different person just way more um yeah i mean just just better man like just better enjoying life more um and and physically you know i think with all this stuff that i've done the the past few years i really feel like i if i can get the pace back if i can get the strength back and you know, continue building like I am now continue on this track that I am now, I really feel that I can be better than I've ever been before because of how much stronger I am mentally than I was, you know? So that's, uh, you know, I was, I think about that, you know, when it comes time to be patient, you know, when it it comes time to not, not just pin it and try to get a result that's right in front of you is, you know, I think I've unlocked a lot and, you know, I think, um, I definitely don't think you've seen the last of me up towards the front of the race. That's for us for damn sure. Good to hear.
0: Yeah, now, now that you have that feeling, it's got to be encouraging to see, you know, Tomac, Barsha, Got Guy, Anderson, guys like that that are being successful and still riding longer than we've ever seen guys of those levels do that. So does, does it encourage you to see that the career of a rider is extending – in congruence with, you know, you're finding this happiness mental state.
5: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think, you know, part of the reason you kind of get a rap for retiring early is you get the guys kind of at the top of the sport, the guys like Ricky and, and Rizzo Pardo and Dungy and these guys that, that are, you know, always have the pressure of a championship. And we're always on these crazy programs where they just get burned out and they stop, they stop liking it. Um, and, and when you, when you lose the love, the risk becomes way more apparent. You know, when, when you truly love something, you tend to, uh, you know, you just tend to see the positive in everything. And, and when you lose the love, uh, the risk is, you know, right there at the forefront. Um, but for me, I always feel like I've always felt like I can race a long time specifically because I do, it's probably a bit overstated by me, but I, I really do love this sport so much and, you know, more so than even just, just riding and racing. Like I, you know, I love my coworkers. I love, I love going to work. I love being at the track. I love the whole, you know, I love the industry and, um, the vibe around the races. So the, the mental burnout factor for me, um, you know, I think that's more than anything. I think that's what gets people to, to retire more than physically. And I always feel like the, the love that I have will, will carry me through, um, shoot, even in my mid-30s maybe. Definitely.
1: Um, I got one more question for you. Outdoors, not too far around the corner. Uh, I think you even posted about it recently, like, you've been riding some outdoors. Got to be looking forward to a little bit of change and just resetting.
5: Yeah. uh, Yeah, outdoors obviously had some success there. Uh, My rookie year in in 2021 had some good rides. And um, I, I think, you know, I'm still, you know, getting a lot better even quickly as you know, I supercross and, and that's my focus. I think we're going to start riding like one day a week outdoors sometime in the next couple of weeks to get ready for that. Um, but yeah, I think it's the same. I think it's the same thing, you know, I talked about before with what I'm doing now it's about being intentional and, and staying and staying within myself and just continuing to build. I think it's no secret for me this year is all about that. It's all about, you know, Ricky, Ricky and Daniel saying every week on the broadcast, it's all about getting a passion, and that's what it's about. But um, you know, I definitely feel like yeah, I have a lot of confidence in myself outdoors and um should be exciting. Get up near the front, have some good battles, Get roosted by um <laughs> Eli Tomac the legend, maybe one last time. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited.
1: Awesome. Adam, thank you for taking taking some time for us tonight. I know you're driving and uh I assume you're headed up to New Jersey maybe, but good luck this weekend and again, thanks for your time, man.
5: Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate
1: it. Okay, Adam. Take care. See ya. All right. Thanks.
5: All right.
1: That's Adam Ciencerillo. Appreciate his time. Uh apologize for the audio he was driving. Uh yeah, Lewis. We got a little loud there at the end.
3: I don't think he's driving to East Rutherford, though oh. <laughs> we <Well, laughs> just came back from and the I don't think that's the
0: highlight done. of the interview either. Do <laughs> what? I don't think that's the focal point of the interview. <laughs>
4: no.
3: It uh, just, re- <laughs> just really struck me. Like I don't I do not believe I believe he could afford a flight um i believe oh uh, i don't um, know where he was driving then whatever i was just <laughs> making i don't even he's got know, a, like, yeah I he's in he was a,
1: just driving up you know like i mean you got to be there probably tomorrow he's in a
0: 1989 winnebago just whatever, on the way to new up. jersey
1: regardless shut up all right lewis i know you need to go i want to get your uh 60 picks for new jersey for east rutherford before we let you go so yeah what are your who are your picks and i want to get your showdown winner for the 250s also
3: what I would like to see is another Sexton Barsha Rocks and Podium because if that happens, then we've got a three-way title fight. Okay. And, now, and, and all I want is a three-way title fight. I don't care who wins. I just want a three-way title fight because it looks like we were going to get that for so long, so now I demand it. Okay. The, the series cannot shortchange me. <laughs> so um, is that your pick? What I, no. What I think will happen is Sexton Sexton, Webb tomac which will still tighten it up a little bit mm-hmm. like web will only be four down then sexton will be uh uh 12 down so that's still actually quite that would actually work out quite well if it does end like that um yeah so i'll go with that and uh- showdown winner uh i will go with jet
1: okay all right lewis thanks for jumping on with us appreciate your time uh the mxgp Podcast is up on Vitals podcast page and everywhere else. Check that out. Those things are always really good. So thanks for your time, man.
3: Thanks. Thanks for having me. Been a good time, friend.
1: Yep. Talk hey to you Lewis. Soon.
3: See ya. See ya.
1: <laughs> Lewis Phillips and Adam Ciancerolo, again, brought to you by Luxon MX tonight. So lots of fun. Um, we're going to get to Cade Clayson here shortly. Doc, I don't know. I guess we got enough time. Let's get into you made. You've been three years now? Pro or two? two. Two. two two years pro, yeah. made your first night show. I keep doing quotes because it was a day show, but night night program at Atlanta. Yeah. What was different? What did you feel differently? What what have been, the, actually, first of all, what have been the struggles for you these last couple of years?
2: Well, last year I made one, um, but it was off of the fact that there was like less than 40 riders. Okay. so I, I don't, forgot I don't, that. I don't count that really. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, so this year I, I got hurt at, at Houston. I messed my shoulder up, mm-hmm. and it's been really messing with me coming through that. Then, of course, I'm not getting to ride as much during the week, trying to let my shoulder, like, rest as much as possible coming into the weekends. And then um, I struggled a little bit mentally just finding the right lines at the, in the span of qualifying. Um, So trying to find the right lines and having my shoulder messing up a little bit, I uh, – I just, I struggled with it, but coming in this round, I just, I felt good. I felt like coming in, I was like, my shoulder wasn't messing with me. I rode the whole week before, um, wasn't messing with me. And it just, I felt more like myself. And then it got to the race and I rode, didn't ride to my full potential by any means, but I rode more like myself. And well, it showed because I made the night show because I came into the season believing that I should be making every single one And then first qualifying round of at Houston, I got hurt. Yeah.
1: So. so I also know, like, for outdoors, you struggle with just going out and putting in a heater right away. Probably same thing in Supercross, to go out and just put, like, you build into trying to get comfortable and get faster. So is that also a struggle in Supercross, going and trying to get a clean track and just you got to put fast lap after fast lap to get a best time? Is that something that you struggle with?
2: Uh, I think, honestly... <laughs> I think my um my supercross prep this year was good mm-hmm. I think it could have been better I think I, I lacked a few things um I worked so much on whoops that I was I was still hitting like triples the rhythm sections but I wasn't as comfortable just going out and busting them out in the first second lap of of uh, free practice so like a lot of the rhythms this year i there there was a couple rhythms so far this year that I didn't even hit until second qualifying practice mmm. So, that's a big issue, too. Um, and then, I put so much emphasis on whoops, but they were the whoops that we've been practicing didn't break down as much as what they did. And they've been breaking the down all year, pretty much, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, they might not be crazy, but compared to what I've been riding and training on, yeah, it was a lot, lot more, like, cupped-out whoops. So, that, that was just a learning curve I had to deal with. But, uh, yeah, I mean... I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> just talk about the, the
1: the track breaking down and what you're struggling with in qualifying. Oh, yeah.
2: So, yeah. And then, like, you were brought up outdoors. I'm just, honestly, I'm not as good of an outdoor rider as I am indoors. Um, and I I, just, I know that. I'm not good at just going out, turning my brain off, and holding it wide open. Yeah, like,
1: we talked yeah. about that at Thunder Valley this last year. It was like, you just, like, you, you wanted to kind of ride into it, take a little while. Like, you don't have time, don't for, have that. time for that. You've got to go. And, yeah, you struggled with that.
2: And Which was crazy because I... Um, Like this weekend, you had probably this is probably the least amount of laps you got in qualifying all year. Yeah, yeah. I I was thinking about that. Yeah, and it's the one I qualified for. Mm -hmm. Out of out of a person that's normally doesn't get their best qualifying lap until late in qualifying, I think I got my best qualifying lap on like the third. Were you like like on the second or third lap of the the second qualifying session?
0: Were Were you like consciously aware? Do you think that like was the change for you that you knew that? Like, hey, I don't have time to allow the guy. I got to just kind of ride this like a race, and then hopefully one of those laps is good enough. Do you think that that was kind of something that you can learn from and maybe use next time? Um,
2: it wasn't. I I don't feel like that was a thing that I thought that I had really. I think it was more the fact I felt I felt good. Yeah. I felt I, I wasn't my shoulder wasn't acting up because like coming before these round, this round like the last rounds before this I could pull up on the bike and feel my shoulder like just give out a little bit and that's. That's not. That's a very uneasy feeling to have, um, but I just kind of dealt with it. We want more experience. The only way you get better is to do laps, so we wanted that. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, like, I this year I also worked on. I had an issue with uh, my goodness, I taking taking a slower lap, and yeah. so the last like three rounds, mm-hmm. I just like I went out there. And if I made a mistake or not, I still put in at least a halfway fast lap. There, yeah. there was, I think the first couple of rounds, like I would do like an actual, like rolling a rhythm section and you can't do that.
1: Right. Before. Yeah. Yeah. But well, did, did the layout of Atlanta help at all that? It was just long and it everybody kind of made it sound like it really wasn't that difficult other than the whoops were very challenging. So like just do the big jumps and not <laughs> a ton of turns. Did that help at all or not really it just,
2: I don't think that necessarily yeah. mattered. Okay. I don't think the the track layout was the reason. I think if we were in a stadium I would still would have qualified if I felt okay. like I did. Then. Nice. That's good. So I like
1: the confidence. I, I that's something you've been lacking yeah. a little bit, you know, you,
2: you uh, struggle a little bit, yeah. yeah.
0: So <laughs> Well, that's that's kind of what I I wanted to talk about for a second is, you know, well, you said he's been here 2 years, but well he was in the futures at the beginning of last year, so it's really a year and a half. So you know that's not that long of a time. A lot of times, guys that have factory rides and become big names struggle for that period of time, if not longer. Mm -hmm. So I think you're totally still in the window of of figuring it out. But you know, you you say like, "Oh, I just kind of struggle mentally. I I struggle." It's I've seen you even say, "Uh, "Hey, how'd it go? I I got to start riding like a A man. Yeah, I got to start riding like a man." You know, or you crashed.
1: You, you were crashing a lot. For but they
2: weren't like bad I crashes. Was, yeah. It was just like it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah it's just can. stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't but, do that. it's a waste of time at that yeah. point.
0: But the what I wanted to say is that you know, like, yeah, I'm struggling mentally. Well, like I think that is looked at such a judgmental point of as what makes a motocross rider is. Oh well, he's got you got to be mental. You got to be mental. I mean, yeah this this sport, what you guys are doing at that level is like insane. You're like literally like having. You're, like, yeah, I'm struggling mentally. Well, what you're struggling with is. Convincing yourself that what you're doing is not cheating death so like <laughs> yeah. so like it's it's like it's okay to like struggle mentally you should yeah. you're you're flirting with Ooh, i just yeah. thought of something but go yeah ahead. you're flirting with disaster so to speak and so like it's it's okay to to feel like a pussy you know like, i'm changing stuff just, just for a
1: second but it just made me remember, like last thursday i cheated or friday i cheated death i almost died out at steve's house yeah i took the two stroke out because i have a blown fork seal on the four stroke this is why you sent a message in the group chat. Yes. He just <laughs> refaced everything. Oh. And I haven't even really rode that two stroke much. So yeah. I, I hit that step up.
0: Uh-huh. I rode like four laps the oh, The one, I, the the one that I it. almost died on?
1: Yeah, I think the the, the one going like right where towards was, like, the houses. Yeah. yeah. So I uh and I haven't really rode that bike much. I haven't jumped it much. So I finally was like, after like the fourth lap, I said, I'm just hitting it. Dude, I OJ'd and and I hit there was a soft spot because he just refaced it, so it kicked me, and I was complete <laughs> nose. Down, yeah, 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 full yeah. panic rev, and there was nobody else there. And I had like four or five seconds thinking, "Yeah, I'm going to the hospital. I'm dead. I'm 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 done." And I landed on in the to the flat on the front wheel. And I, I, looked hit that at my, I looked at my uh, heart rate monitor. It went from like 137 to like 180. <laughs> yeah. <for> like two <laughs> seconds. You, you spiked <laughs> you know, for a second oh there, yeah. I was like, I am screwed. Anyway.
0: Well, usually what gets you in a situation like that is you're loose, and then that has a very sharp berm to it. So usually yeah. the, the hitting of that full speed is what gets you. So hopefully yeah, that's it not, not the it case. It was scary.
1: I didn't, I, I didn't jump that bike after that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to Atlanta, though. Yeah, so you feel – and you're going to Nashville, you said? I will be going to Nashville. Yeah, that would I'll be my be last here. round, so, yeah. Okay, and and the confidence is good. You know kind of the feeling now, and that's they always say once you get a win, they come easier. Hopefully, once you get a night show, you're like, I've done this. I've been there. No problem.
2: And I've known. I mean, I came into Houston confident, and then I just made a mistake in the whoops. Things happen. It's part of racing. You get hurt. It's just part of it. Um, But I kind of, I mean, I messed my shoulder up, and then I just lost that confidence. Sure. Um, but I've known even after that, I've known even if I didn't have like the confidence behind me, like I, I can be qu- qualifying like 28 or like just something h- higher than what I have qualified now. Um, I still knew I could qualify, but then I just I, I get really bad in my head of if I make one mistake. It just compounds mm. um, and, leads to
1: another and another.
2: But it's like it won't compound the next corner it will compound the corner after that okay so it's like it lingers it's not like a oh my goodness and i ride like i ride <laughs> stupid and then i make a mistake right then it's like a it just it just like messes with me a little bit
1: okay uh fxr is designed by racers for racers with industry leading fit finish and performance progression is the name of the game with every new piece created at fxr we bring uh we push our brand to the next level to provide you with the best product possible Visit fxrracing.com to see the numerous gear lines and colorways, as well as snow lines and lifestyle casual wear. Cade Clayson coming up in just a couple minutes. Uh, Justin Barsha in the press conference confirmed that he has resigned with the Red TLD Red Bull uh, Gas Gas team. It's kind of a a little bit of a surprise, not completely, because I think going into the season, I don't think that was locked. And then I interviewed Max Lee, team manager, son of Troy, who – was kind of hinting at, like, he felt Justin was the backbone of the team, that he was really good to have around. He was helping influence and coach some of the other writers. And then he he uh, confirmed, like I said, in the press conference that he did re-sign. Are you surprised? What do you think about the fact that he's he's going to be back for a couple of years? That's good. He's had a good season, I feel like. Yeah,
0: I think the surprising part of that is more of the fact that he's con- committing to two more years at this point in his career. Because, I mean, he's he's been there longer than – pretty much anybody else that's in yes, it's the position a that he's at game. sure yeah and so you know i think that obviously he's very uh very well selling uh gas gas bikes so the, that was very poorly said i know i, know trying I was to trying say. to say like three say it three different ways and it all came into like one but uh it's all good i think that he's obviously selling bikes and that it's you know, an investment for gas gas to continue building their brand. He's been a good guy to build it around. So I'm not surprised that that decision made, more surprised that he is extending his career.
2: No, I'm, I totally see why he's uh, extending it there. Uh, right. They'll let him live his life how he wants to live it with his, with his YouTube stuff he's doing and acting all crazy, which is awesome <laughs> to see. I love seeing personality in our sport. Right. Um, and then, I mean, he's riding well. He's yeah, really, he's been really, very yeah, good. And I really think he'll good. get a win. I feel like he's gonna get a win these next four races. I'd I'd love to see it. Yeah. Now, do I think it's gonna happen? No. But okay. I think that are he he's wrong. <laughs> I think him and Roxanne have the same chance of winning a, a, a race this year. So, like, yeah, from these last, in these last four rounds. But I mean he ride, he's riding the bike good. Um there's I mean, from everything I've heard, they're still trying to learn these bikes <laughs> with these with this new yeah Yeah, yeah, so. I mean, this last year's KTM basically,
1: and they're still figuring out. Yeah. Up. Um, yeah. Uh, I think his new personality that he kind of he's kind of readjusting <laughs> how he wants to act. And we saw that post race with the hugging the guys yeah. and high five. And like, I think if he could actually maintain that, that'd be really good for him also long term. If we could kind of get away
2: from the bam bam <laughs> thing and just race as he's done that those, these last few rounds, Scotty, he's been doing really well. Maybe he's, like, he had to go into it mentally and be like, listen, if, if I start hugging him, maybe I won't take him out. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh,
0: I mean, I think that, you know, the way he's rode over the years, is, I mean, it's kind of what makes him fun to watch, and it's it's different than everybody else. Like, I saw him, and I only got to go to one race here in Arlington, and right. watching him, like, just from, like, he always kind of gets out in front before everybody else, and, like, he rides like it's the last lap of – the man, and just seeing that him be able to do that for so long has been really cool. So, absolutely, good to see.
1: our next guest of the night's on the line. He's going to be brought to you tonight by WUSA. W is your source of all things wheels. If you're looking for a complete set of wheels for your bike, we have something for every budget. If you want to use the same wheels used by Eli Tomac, Cooper Webb, Malcolm Smith, Christian Craig, Chad Reed, and Jeremy McGrath, just to name a few, we have what you need. We have the exclusive W Edge wheel set starting at $799. As the exclusive importer of Han, Kite, and Talon Hubs, as well as Excel and DID rims, we can build your dream wheels. Give us a call or check us out at WUSA.com or follow us on Instagram to see some of the latest and coolest builds we have. Make sure you mention Moto X Show to get a discount. Tonight, WUSA brings us from Team PRMX, my friend Cade Clayson. What's up, Cade?
6: Dar. Dar. What's going on, buddy? Hey, man. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, how do you feel about uh, Justin Barsha re-signing and his new "quote unquote" attitude?
6: Uh, I mean, to be honest, his attitude. Uh, oh no, that's not good. Sorry, I had an alarm <laughs> set. Called me early. Wake but, up, man! Uh, wake up. Wake up. Man. <laughs> well, I didn't want to. I like. I yeah. Okay. It's all good. I wanted to make sure. Sometimes my phone doesn't ring, so I like yeah. make sure I had an alarm set. It's but, all good. Uh, no, I think it's cool. I think his attitude is really good. Like he, uh, he's always been really cool with me. Um, like we talk actually quite a bit, mm. him and I do. Um, so yeah, uh, good for him. It's, it's pretty sick and it's good to see him riding so well right now. Okay. Your season, um, not exactly
1: what you want, probably nine of 13 mains, a, a big crash, uh, with, I don't know how the hell I, I got to get into that in a second, but Away from, Apart from the crash and the injury that you recently had, how do you honestly feel about your season? You're back at Team PRMX. Uh, you were on Honda last year with SGB. I know you're happier with this team, but how do you feel like your season has been minus the injury?
4: Oh,
6: it's been a bit. I mean, it's been good, um, but for me personally, it's a bit of a disappointment. You know, I, I felt like I started fast, um, just like some mistakes held me back at a one in San Diego and stuff. But, and then after that, I kind of got on a roll and then, uh, yeah, just ran into having some poor results in main events, just not doing as well as I, I would have liked. Um, and I I just put a lot of that on me, you know, I just got to be a little bit better and, uh, just keep, keep grinding. You know what I mean? Just little, little mistakes. I'm, I'm trying really hard and sometimes I think I overthink it. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. It's always, it's growing pains, right? I'm, I'm trying to get faster. Um, I've been probably the same, same damn speed for three years now. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to get faster and take that next step. And I guess, you know, crashing comes with that sometimes.
1: Yeah. You did make a step up a couple of years ago. You spent some time at club. Uh, I think, I think you were at club for a while and you took a step up that you're basically saying you kind of a plateaued still, huh?
6: I mean, I thought so. Like, uh, I mean, I'm not putting it on any one thing, but I, I want to make, I want to make that jump, you know, I yeah. want to battle with Dean and, you know, Chiz and those guys. And I just, I haven't quite figured it out. I I feel like some days I have the speed, um, you know, like Detroit, it all just worked out. I had good speed all day. I battled with Benny, um, you know, that it worked out a one. I qualified what, like 16th, I qualified 16th at a one and, and <laughs> I have barely qualified that good the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just, uh, you know, trying to put the pieces together.
1: So do you th- do you feel like there's one particular thing that you need to improve on, or is it a little bit of everything?
6: Um, I need to be a little more consistent in the whoops.
4: Hmm.
6: Um, I feel like I'm really hot and cold with that sometimes. Some days I just smash them, and other days it's like I, I it goes right over my head. Um, <laughs> today was one of the days where I just smashed them. You know, I came out, did my warm-up, and I came back, and, Devin goes, man, I, I heard you went through the whoops one time like JS7. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> yeah, I did. I know exactly which run you're talking yeah. about, too. Um, uh, but, you know, like I said, sometimes it's just like, uh, who the heck is that guy Yeah, who gave him a cycle? <laughs> okay. Um, but my roll speed could use some work, too. I, I really like tracks where, like, I can cut down, like, kind of like how Coop does. Like, he cuts real tight in the bottom of the berms and then, like, you know, go two and then three. Rather than roll the top of the berm and then triple through the rhythms, um, I I really enjoy those tight cut down lines. Uh, I I was doing one in Detroit that was just super fast, but it took everyone basically all day to catch on to.
0: Nice, hey, Cade. Um, with the the guys that you were kind of talking about that you're trying, you know, the Bennys and the Deans and stuff of that group of you know twelve to the guys that are just outside of making the main. Who this season has kind of been like the most underestimated? Where you maybe you didn't expect to see them in the position that they are. Who's kind of I guess surprised you the most this year?
6: Oh, it's got to be Cartwright. I mean, you know, he uh, he's obviously taken a huge jump. I mean, heck, did he even make any mains last year? Um, not many. But, I don't,
1: I don't remember, but yeah, I don't think I yeah. made. It.
6: So I mean, he's riding phenomenal. Um, I think he's got a good group of. Dudes that he's able to train with now down there with, you know, Henry and Short and Grant and uh, those guys. So, uh, good on him, man. He's, uh, you know, he's been fun to battle with. He's, you know, we've been buddies for a long time. So, um, it's cool to see him find some success. When we were actually the last year, we were teammates at PRMX. The year I I had my like first good year. Um, I went down to MTF where he was training, and when I got there. He was going so ungodly fast. Hmm. Um like the same speed as Marty at MTF. Like it was like I got I was like, I, I don't know who this guy is. Like <laughs> he was wide kneed he had his toes pointed directly away from the motorcycle, terrible form all the way around the track. Sounds like me. But he was going so fast. Can
4: you throw and, a whip then? Uh, yeah, maybe maybe a little
6: whip. <laughs> a Josh whip. But um then he ended up getting hurt how uh, like a couple weeks later yeah. and then uh, he just wasn't the same after that
1: that was uh doc smith he's a privateer his dad is one of my co-hosts he just made his first quote unquote night show at atlanta but he's trained with those guys and rode with those guys um so oh, give, nice. give him a little bit he's also overthinks things sometimes and and struggles with trying to put it all together maybe give give doc a little piece of advice <laughs>
6: I mean I, I guess I don't know what, you, what you, like what you struggling with figuring the track out when you get
2: there? Oh, uh, a little bit you, of that, a uh, little bit of everything, honestly.
0: <laughs> what's your what's your famous quote, Doug? What
2: is what
6: is? What's up?
0: What's I've, up? I I got to stop riding like a like a pussy. Uh, <laughs>
6: oh yeah. Yeah, twist <laughs> the yeah. throttle, damn it. <laughs> Dude, honestly, like it's funny. Uh people always like they're like, "Oh, like what's the hardest part of riding a supercross track?" And I'm like, "Dude, there's one section of the track that's hard, and it's the" right and if you can figure out how to get through them like consistently you're going to have a good night like we're all going to jump the rhythm sections you know you're going to jump the triple on the second lap like you just have to be confident in the fact that like you know you've, you've done a gajillion laps and you just come up to the triple in second gear and give it a little bit of gas you come into a rhythm section and you look at the third one down the lane and you know how much gas to give it it's like you just gotta you gotta just let it happen right
4: yeah.
6: That's
1: all you got, doc. Yeah. I mean <laughs> I mean like, there's not hey, much honestly, else to say like I, yeah like Honestly
6: uh I, I actually just listened to this podcast with my wife the other day. Have, have you guys ever heard of Shot IQ? No, no. Shot
1: like S H O T?
6: Yeah. No. So, it's this guy who basically has a program of uh like what to do to become like an expert marksman.
4: Oh, and
6: it's like these different things you can do to basically train your brain to really not think to just go off natural instinct of like, you've done it so many times and you just know where it's going to hit and you just kind of do it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of like, I think that's how some of these guys at the races are. They don't, they don't even think about it. They're just, it's so natural to them and they just go so fast that it's so just, like I said, natural. And they're not thinking about, oh, how do I go fast here or there? It's just like, oh, it just comes to them and they just keep going.
1: When it comes to the whoops, how much is it confidence and, like you said, shifting up a gear and just hitting them fast versus technique?
6: Um, I mean, it's obviously a lot of technique, right? I think it's a lot more bike setup mm. than people do. Because um, I've changed my bike quite a bit from the beginning of the year to now to specifically try to help in certain spots. And at first I thought my bike got worse in the whoops, um, because preseason, I was absolutely crushing them, but on our tracks, our whoops are a lot closer together. Um, so then I was getting to the races and they were further apart and I was struggling. So we ended up having to make a bunch of changes and I actually made steps in the right direction. um, so, technique, obviously huge. Bike setup, super important. Um, confidence, also. <laughs> Dude, don't get me started right now. These things just stress me out every week. Uh, but yeah, I mean, all three of them are just—they're all super important, and you got to be good at all three, or have have a good bike setup, and then be good at the other two.
1: Yeah, let's talk about this crap how did what did you do that where you broke the ribs and collapsed long and second after that how the hell did you come back to ride that fast because i've had those injuries just the bradshaw bike crash was that's what i did collapse long there's no way i'm racing like a couple weeks later impossible for me
6: yeah um to be honest with you i i mean i mean the crash is what it is right uh i had a part break mm. and i crashed whoops um i didn't, Skim two whoops on the front wheel and I thought I was going to save it and then on the third whoop it uh just kind of like nose picked knife and flicked me over the side and over the front I landed kind of like on my face like doing a front flip and my the chin of my helmet went into my collarbone
4: Mm.
6: and actually everyone thought my collarbone was broken because as soon as like I took my helmet off like my whole collarbone was black
4: Wow! From my helmet,
6: I actually broke my helmet on my collarbone. Wow! Uh, Yikes! And then, uh, yeah, I just like I did like a flip onto the last loop, and landed like straight on my back, and then on my lower back as well. Um, and that's honestly been the biggest thing. Like you know, I spent four days in the hospital with a chest tube to get my lung lung back back opened up. My rib really never even bothered me that much. Mm, um, lucky. the chest tube bothered the chest tube bothered me a lot. Really? Uh, like it was ran, yeah, it was ran like eight inches. So it goes went in like right under my armpit. Yeah. and it basically went eight inches all the way into my chest, and it was making my shoulder hurt so bad. Um, huh. I was super uncomfortable the whole time if I wasn't on pain meds, just in like my, my shoulder area. Um, and then once they took that thing out, it was like. I was like, I was good to go. Wow. Uh, And then, but then I got out of the hospital. I, I don't really take pain meds. It's not really my thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And my, my lower back has been the biggest issue. Uh, It's just been so tight. Um, My trainer says I messed up my SI joint, the, the other little joint that's like in your pelvis other than your hip. And, uh, yeah, it's just been kind of a nightmare. Like, I can't really ride for that long a period of time right now.
4: Yeah, bummer. Uh,
6: but, you know, like today I just went and did, you know, twos and threes um, at the practice track. And that was the only day I got to ride this week. I got to say it's a Yeah. Go ahead. No, just trying to uh, take it easy and get my back back to normal. It's uh, that's uh, it's honestly, like, my rib doesn't hurt. Like, and I'm sure you guys saw like Miranda's video of him running into just me about to bring that and up. Then I got up. Uh, yeah, and then I got hit by John Short as well, mm. so like two two clean outs, like just blown off my motorcycle, and I was like I was fine, like it wasn't, my ribs didn't even hurt, so um yeah i i, I to be honest to answer your question, dark side, I don't know man i I was as <laughs> surprised as you are, I was stressed out about it, um, I was calling my friends out of broken ribs and asking what to do this <laughs> and that. And it was, uh, I guess I got pretty lucky. I mean, I—that's I, I, all I can say, really. Yeah, for me it was the opposite. The ribs
1: hurt for like a month, and I've—I've I've had two chest tubes and never had an issue with the chest tube. So that's, yeah, you—you you got pretty lucky. It sounds like because the ribs—ribs ribs took a long time for me to feel like I could do much. So,
6: yeah. dude, how about when they put the chest tube in, and mm-hmm. he like. You're obviously wide awake, and they just numb your skin, and then yeah. they shove their finger like between your ribs, <laughs> like yeah. a loud pop. Yep, that is the craziest thing I think I've ever experienced. <laughs> so the first time <laughs> I got
1: one, I was actually unconscious. I passed out in the in the ambulance, and I woke up with it. In the second one, I didn't even know I had a, a, a long issue. I thought I had broke, like I thought I had an elbow issue. I could not bend my elbow. It was in so much pain. So I went to the hospital. I was like, I think I broke my elbow. And they did x-rays and they came in. And they said, no, you have a broken scapula and clavicle. And I was like, there's no fucking way. I could, I, I could move my arm up and down. It's my elbow. And they said, nope, you got a broken collarbone and a nemothorax. So well, what's a nemothorax? That's the collapsed lung. And yeah, they just came in. They gave me a shot or whatever. And yeah, I just sliced you open. And it was yeah. it was pretty intense. Uh, and pulling the tube yeah. out, thats pretty. that's a wild
6: feeling. Yeah, it is a wild feeling. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's pretty pretty yeah, intense. Hopefully, I'll never have Thankfully, with the Bradshaw one, I didn't have to have a chest tube. The hole was so small in my lung that I didn't need one. Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah.
1: Anyway, go ahead, Scotty. Sorry.
0: Uh, it's kind of a change of subject. That's okay. okay. Go ahead. Um, so... With the kind of the change of the format, Kate, this year, you know, there's, there's obviously the WSX and then the Super, the SMX and all these XXs, <laughs> all this stuff. So Triple X. Yeah, boy, yeah. No, that's I, it's That's crazy. Um, with that kind of change of format, has, has the incentives from sponsors changed for you at all? Is, is there kind of one direction that seems to be more lucrative as a guy in your position or what, what's kind of like been the whole scheme of, of sponsors with the new change of format?
6: To be honest, I don't really think sponsors care um, what you're going to do as long as you're doing, you know, whatever your allotted amount of races are. Um, You know, I think the world stuff is cool in its own right because it's going to, you know, you're going to get a lot of exposure doing that being there's only so many guys that race them. That is kind of what's cool about those, right? You know, there's only 40 guys. So everybody kind of gets a piece of the pie where at our Supercrosses, there's, you know, 80 in a class. So
4: mm-hmm.
6: on some weekends, so you might not even know someone's there if you're not looking at the timesheets. but uh, yeah, I mean, from a sponsor standpoint, they don't really care. Um, you, you know, as long as uh, you're up there and be, you can attempt to be relevant um, at whatever you're doing, I think is the biggest, the biggest factor for me, um, you know, and that's why, you know, right now we're not planning on racing outdoors. It's just, it's, it's not good. It's not a good way to, get exposure for the team and for sponsors you know they're going to go race Canadian Nationals and stuff mm-hmm. uh, but you know like racing US Nationals just for a team that uh, my team's size like it just doesn't make sense right there, there's nothing to get back out of it
1: yeah are are you doing World Supercross
6: again uh, I don't know okay
1: that didn't sound like that Sound like you can't say but that's fine <laughs> Off the record. (laughs) We'll we'll talk later. Uh, okay. You did mention making a bunch of bike changes. How is the bike? I'm sure you're happy to be back in Kawasaki. Uh, how, how do you like the bike? What's good about it so far this year?
6: I like the bike. Um, you know, I really like my mechanic, uh, him and I work really well together and, uh, that's, that's, that's a change of pace for me. I think he, uh, he listens to me really well and he just, I don't always have to watch over him to, to do what he, what I need done. Um, and with that, you know, he also knows what I like.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, like if I can tell him a feeling, we can try and change it. I don't know if you guys noticed, but like this w- this weekend was the first time I raced with a tall seat. Mm, no, I didn't. Adam uses. So, so, yeah, Adam and I are both on tall seats. And you don't really notice it as much on Adam's bike because he has like a black top and the side is like all one color and it matches so you don't really notice it where on my bike it looks like I have a skyscraper in between my pegs (laughs) okay um and and honestly looking at it like we put it on my bike back in December and I was like I'm not riding with that thing like there's (laughs) nothing and uh you know we were trying some things with foot pegs um trying to move them back and lower and stuff like that and uh we (laughs) we we couldn't really find what I liked So, uh, now we're on the tall seat and I'm actually super happy with it. Cool. It makes my legs a little bit straighter so I can stand up a lot faster. Um, so that's, that's my newest change. Okay. Um, honestly, other than that, the only thing I messed with is suspension. Uh, we did some motor testing at the beginning of the year and, uh, it was, uh, pretty straightforward, right? Nothing too, nothing too crazy. They built us a package and it was good. good. Um, but yeah, Tim at TCD takes takes good care of me whenever i complain he, he tries to uh you know answer my complaint easily <laughs> that's good yeah it's good to
1: ha- good to have that uh somebody that listens and gets it done um let's shift gears a little bit to the the privateer challenge race that Pulpamex is doing this is oh, something- i'm not in it. i can't talk about it so. yeah but you <laughs> want to be in it right but i i don't know that i f- oh, man
6: that privateer line like you're you're making mains like- i know i'm I- I'm on the line. I, I, I'm not mad that I'm not oh, in okay. it. I, did you see his tweet today where Kiz was like asking about being in it? And he's like, Chiz, if I let you in, Kate will
0: burn my house. Yeah, yes.
1: <laughs> yes. <I> mean, Chiz, <laughs> that Chiz, was so good. Chiz said, we'll make enough money to build you another one or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw
0: that. Well, I mean, Kate, do you feel like if you went into that race that like, they like j- just no doubt that you would just run away with it? Or do you feel like some of those, you know, it's anybody's game.
6: Um, no, I don't think I would. I don't think you could just run away with it in any sense. Right. I mean, I don't know exactly who's in it right now. Um, I know uh, who a couple of the wild cards are. I don't know if I can say that. Yeah, don't. yet because I don't. Yeah I don't, I don't
1: think, yeah, I don't think he's announced it yet.
6: Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, it's it's going to be tough. It's nice that it's a little bit longer this year. It's a 10 minute race. Mm, OK, so let the the good guys kind of work their way to the front, I think. But. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome what Steve does with that. You know, Alex and I give him a lot of shit, um, just cause we're, we're all friends. But, um, it's like, I was telling Steve today, I was like, Steve, I don't think you understand like the magnitude that giving someone who maybe makes a couple hundred dollars a weekend racing their dirt bike, if they can go and win 40 grand at one time, like how much that changes their life. Like that is a really big deal.
4: Yeah. And,
6: uh, Moran's built a supercross track last year. Yeah, I mean, that's probably not the wisest way to spend that money, but you know <laughs> what? If it works your boat, dude.
1: Yeah, I mean, it works for. That's what he chose to do with it. But, I mean, forty grand—that's like, that's what I I'm making like two years probably at vital. So shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it, it. Is really cool what he does for the privateers, and he's always done cool stuff. So I, I just I I didn't know if you were legitimately bummed that you weren't gonna be a part of it. I couldn't. I wasn't really sure.
6: No, so, I mean, I am bummed. I would obviously like a chance to go and race for 40K. Yeah. You know? Um, me too. But it's, you know, it, uh, you know it, it's not meant to be. I mean, if I really wanted to, I could go get fifth and a couple of LCCs and probably earn my way in. But, you know, that's not what I get paid to do, so I'm no. not going to.
1: Uh, I got two more questions for you. They're kind of non-motor related. But I saw you posted that you have, a like, a subscription Instagram page. Tell me about yep. that. What is that for? How does that work? What?
6: So basically it's it's in a, in a dumb way it's kind of like OnlyFans, right um yeah. except it's on Instagram Okay um so we we had a have a vlog going on it and it's actually a lot of fun it's pretty raw um you know super just like it's super fun in the pit not not riding or anything like that um i've actually it's been kind of a hassle cuz instagram <laughs> isn't made to upload videos that long Oh uh. and they It'll take like two hours to upload videos. Jeez. And, uh, Not very Insta. <laughs> if my phone locks or Instagram shuts, it cancels the upload and I have to start all over. <laughs> oh my God. Um, if there's one clip in there that is like the wrong format, it won't tell me and it just won't upload the video. So we've had to like reformat. It's a, dude, it's a whole thing. Sounds like uh, it. and, then my video guy hasn't come to some of the races, and then it's you know it's hard to find people last minute to film this stuff. I don't I don't really like focusing on it on race day. Sure. And that's the cool part about Jason is he's there doing other things and he enjoys it. Um, he's he's he hangs out with my mechanic and me a lot, so it's easy for him to film it. So when he's not there, we just haven't done it. Um, but it's super cheap, right? It's like three dollars a month uh, right now, and uh, I give every video I post, I get something away. So I've given away like a bunch of whole shot devices. Uh, I've given away some race passes, a set of gear, a set of goggles, like a, like a pack of goggles, not just a pair of goggles, but um, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool. It's different. Um, I'm hoping that Jason's supposed to be there this weekend. So hopefully we get another one up and get some more stuff away. Um, but yeah, no, it it, it was fun. Um, the few that we've done, I think we've put up like five or six. Um, but it is, it's a giant pain in the ass because <laughs> up, the uploading of it is, it's so difficult. Yeah. Um, Instagram's not made, like I said, to upload videos of that size, like YouTube is. So it's, uh, it's a little more difficult.
1: Uh, so last thing, just how do people find that? Is that, is there a link on your normal Instagram page or is it part of? Yeah. Your-
6: so you go to my Instagram page and, uh, somewhere on there, it should say subscribe. Like okay. There's like a um, and you can click on it and then I think you just click, um, click, uh, click subscribe. I can't actually see it because my, my, like when you click on your own Instagram, it's different. Yeah. I'm looking but I'm right now. Sure you, yeah. I'm pretty sure you just go to my Instagram, click the little crown yep. thing, uh, yep. and be able to subscribe.
1: Yeah. When you, if you're following Kate, it right under where it says following, it says message, email, or subscribe. So yeah, there's three options there. I'll, I'll, I'll subscribe after the show. I'll, I'll give you three bucks.
6: Hey, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I, I need to um, win there's something. No, though. There's no feet picks or anything <laughs> that. So if you if that's what you're coming for, you know, there's no feet picks.
0: There's mm-hmm. no feet picks. Oh, that's why he was gonna get there. I was for gonna it. say, you are yeah, better you not being feet picks. No, yeah, this, no, <laughs> no I'm,
1: yeah. I'm out on feet picks. Ugh, I'm yeah. out. Uh, okay, dude, thanks, man. It's good talking to you. Um, always a good time, and I appreciate you jumping on with
6: us. We're not gonna talk about Moran's cleaning me out.
1: Well, we actually have in my notes you got cleaned out a bunch, but you kind of touched on getting cleaned out. But yeah, let's let's get into that. Sure.
6: You- dude, freaking Moran's, dude. Does he ride with his eyes closed? <laughs> like, dude goes down through the whoops and just doesn't see me turning and I just get smoked.
2: Now you went all the way from the right side of that corner all the way to the left, though. You can't you can't expect I, so, him to not So
6: I was I was jumping the whoops and I was like kind of in the middle and I went single into the inside and he was skimming down the left and he just like I was rolling the whoop to go inside. Um and he uh he wasn't intending on slowing down.
2: Yeah, no, I, I I watched it and of course I rode the truck, so he was going so fast at the end of those whoops. Like I would I don't well, know if he was making what... the corner in general. <laughs> That's what we were saying. We're like, dude, he was going to end up in the freaking Lake
6: Atlanta over there. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> hey,
1: he kind of did the same thing. Was it the week before in the start where I think yeah, he, yeah, yeah he, I mean, look, man,
6: Kevin? Apparently, he doesn't have the same respect for me that he has for Tomac. At least Tomac, <laughs> he has. you
2: know, I think he wanted you to turn in so he could actually stop. Was, yeah, he was using you.
6: Yeah, no, I, I. I uh, I didn't even know it was there to be honest with you. Like if I knew he was there, yeah. I probably wouldn't have jumped across so hard. Now, what about um, those
2: comments I, on his Instagram?
6: Dude, that, there was one guy on oh, there that was like I
2: looked at like, him earlier. <laughs> oh my
6: god. Just I'm like, "Come on." Like is this even necessary? Like cuz and I were obviously joking with each other like like we were upset. Like, right. you know, we're not. You know, we don't really like he knows that I didn't do it on like cut across on purpose and uh you know, I know that he didn't just blow me off my motorcycle. So <laughs> right, um, right. It it, uh, it is what it is, but uh, it's entertaining. Um, like giving him crap. I,
0: uh, I, I have felt like this, the last couple of rounds with Moran's has been like, if you look up the definition of risk it to get the biscuit, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's him.
4: <laughs> yeah. Dude,
6: uh, he, he does just freaking send it. I'll give him that. He, uh, we, we liked it. Lately, we've been saying he likes to stare at his front fender a little. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I love the
6: privateers.
1: Cade, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Always likes it. Always fun. Look forward to seeing you. Uh, I'll see you in Nashville.
6: Yes, sir. All right. I'll see you guys there. Uh, thanks for having me on. Anytime,
1: Cade. Take care, buddy. Yep. Bye. All right, Team PRMX is Cade Clayson. Good times.
0: Yeah, Cade's always fun, man. Yeah. I, like, I like what he brings to the sport.
1: Definitely. Uh, again, brought to you by WUSA. Check out WSA.com. And again, just crushing it with podium finishes. Pretty much everybody on the podium, other than the Honda guys, almost every week are running WSA. I got some W's on the, the Husky. You run a W star? Oh, yeah. Of yeah. Course. Gotta, gotta. A um, couple of injuries this weekend, big time injuries. We're, we got Marshall Welton coming up in just a few minutes. Nate Thrasher, dislocated hip. That's the second one this season with Chris yeah. Craig. It's kind of odd, right? Yeah. Very odd injury. Going to be out for a while. Sounds like he's going to do the knee, so that's a bummer. Tom Vial went down. Uh, I don't think these are injuries here, but just Tom Vial, Jeremy Martin, Jace Owen, Cody Shock all crashing. Kind of a a rough night for some of the 250 guys. Uh, And then Henry Miller with his best finish of his career, sixth place. Just want to give him a shout-out.
2: Man was ripping.
1: Yeah, yeah. Very, very happy for him. Uh, Let's see. Chase Sexton. That's something. He's 17 points down right now. Basically... Needs to, and I, I said this in the press conference too. I said, You're basically your only uh, goal is to win out, and you have to just hope for the best. That's it's, kind of a lot of pressure, but like, maybe not so much, God. And I asked him this, like maybe it's not as much pressure because, well, now you know what you got to do. Well, this is really your only a choice
0: win. Just so I'm. I haven't had a chance to do the math. Does he? Does he legit have to win every single race? Well, no. Like is if, that just like or if is Eli, that, and Eli
1: and let's Eli Cooper could just have DNFs right and get nothing?
0: Well, I mean, okay.
1: realistically, those guys are going to be top five. Yeah, so it's going to have to if win he, if out if
0: it, if it happens like it did this weekend, where he got where they were fourth, fifth. How many times does that have to happen? Man, it's not I, every round. I don't even think
1: is still that much. Yeah, because yeah. what is it? That's like. Four or five. He, he gained. I mean, he gained seventeen. Down. He gained like eight
0: points on him. He was like,
1: he was like I twenty. Made, I think he made up seven. seven points. So, yeah, if those guys kept doing that and he wins out, then yeah, it's like it could be really close. But what are the what are the that's the thing? What are the odds of that happening?
2: I just. But I he has to win out, pretty much. I don't see it happening because at the last races, he's been in the. He he didn't have to win, and then he made mistakes and crashed out. Now he has to. So there's more pressure on him, even though, like, most of his mistakes just come out of the blue. Yeah. Like, most of his mistakes look like they're not necessarily his mistakes, but the bike, like, freaking out.
0: Yeah, but another thing uh, to kind of go off of that is when he when when he's in a race situation where he's you know maybe 3rd 4th 5th or he has to work through guys none of those mistakes happen it's when he's way out in front by himself and he's I, overthinking things yeah cuz he's like he's like yeah. the pressure of there's more of a pressure of on himself of like hey i'm in this title fight don't mess it up now the title fight for him is the same thing as him being in 3rd 4th or 5th he has no choice but to kind of keep moving up on those guys. So I think maybe it's kind of almost the opposite of that is it's more pressure, but less pressure because that's, (laughs) that's the situation that he's excelled in the most.
1: We'll come back to this in a second. Our our last guest of the night's on, and he's going to be brought to you tonight by guts racing. Andy Greg and the guts racing crew have been providing the best seats and foam in the industry for years for 2023. They have added Kawasaki to their complete seat lineup, as well as the color teal to the gripper material options available. Uh, Doc, I want you to get a teal seat cover, please. (laughs) <laughs> also new for two thousand twenty three are options for your e-bikes. They have complete seats for the Telaria and the Super Seventy three and covers for the Segway and Suron, and they have options for the Honda, KTM, and Husqvarna electric bikes. Visit gutsracing.com and order today. They have an insanely quick turnaround. Our next guest runs Guts Racing seat covers from the Twisted T Hep Motorsports Suzuki team, Marshall Welton. What's up, Marshall?
7: I do run gut seat covers.
1: Best in the business, right?
7: They are good. Marshall, how are we feeling, man? Uh,
1: you, you're doing good. You, re, you feeling good? You all healthy?
7: Um, I think as healthy as I'm going to be. Yeah, I've just been uh, <laughs> kind of battling this knee injury. From yeah, back in October, it's never really healed properly. But uh, aside from that, I'm you know just digging. I'm uh, I feel like I'm in you know the best shape I've been in all year. Now that I've been able to get a few months under my belt. So yeah, we're doing- Yeah.
1: So you have not had surgery on that ACL, correct? Yep. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You didn't, or y- yes, you did. No, I, I did. Okay, yep. okay, so, but you don't feel like it's healed properly. What? What's the long-term goal then? Do you think you have to have surgery again, or just eventually it will get better?
7: Uh just hoping it gets better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's scary, right? it's not a good feeling to have. Yeah. Six months out now. I was hoping at this point I'd be like hundred percent, but you know, we're all right. It's not nothing to make an excuse about.
1: So currently I believe you're 19th in points and people may not realize this is really only your second full season in supercross. You're still learning, uh, figuring things out, coming off the ACL how do you feel about your season so far? Are you content? Are you happy? Are you disappointed? You want, obviously you want more.
7: Yeah, I think it's really mediocre as far as everything goes. Um, I, I did want more, especially cause you know, we got, I got the deal with the HEP team. I, you know, I wanted to take advantage of having a, a squad behind me and, you know, it's just things just haven't quite gone the way I was hoping for. And they, we had a rough start with, uh, just with not having any prep coming into the season, and on top of that, just, I don't know, just, you know, behind a little bit, so I, uh, you know, I've been kind of p- playing catch-up all year. I'm not particularly happy with everything, but it's just, just with my riding, you know, not, nothing with the team, just mm-hmm. happy with myself, and yeah, I don't know, I just I just want a little bit more out of the season, to be honest with you. I understand.
0: I mean, they, yeah, that's kind of you know always you guys want a little bit more, but if even you, the guys
1: winning want more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they want to be if, a little better. So yeah.
0: But Marshall, if you know, if you go back to where you were at before you got the fill in ride ahead during the nationals last year, and if you were to tell yourself that you would be in the middle of this season with the full factory ride, you'd have some some maybe some personal best and some good stuff like that. would was would that have surprised you before any of that had happened, or is this kind of you know do you If feel you tell like, me
7: that about eighteen months ago, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. about. I don't know. I would say 10 months ago. No, I would, you know, I would hope I would be able to to kind of execute what I'm doing right now. I just things. you know, things change so quickly. And, you know, I didn't really know where I'd be starting uh, last year. You know, I had a goal to get on a team and I kind of executed that. And, you know, unfortunately, this injury things just set you back. And, uh, you know, that's this is how the sport goes. And I'm still working and I'm excited to, uh, you know, build into outdoors and have a, a great summer.
1: Yeah. You mentioned things that you're unhappy with and struggling with riding wise. Can you give us some more details? What are those, what do you need to improve on most? Where do you feel your weakness is?
7: I just, uh, ride time and training during the week, you know, and I feel like mid season, I just, I've, I've lacked that side of things. You know, I've, uh, I've done what I can, but Mm -hmm. just the, the whole simulation side of it, I'm kind of just lacking a little comfort on race day and, qualifying it takes me a long time to get going my qualifying is just horrendous so sounds um, familiar you know, i wish i could just get my day started a little quicker but overall it's like it's it's been good i just wish i you know it's on me it is it's there's no one to blame or anything to do i just need to, to execute
0: yeah so this is a little bit of a change of subject but you know how how much has the impact of Roxon on being on this team made for the Suzuki? Do you do you feel like that? You know the fact that you're on that team with a guy like that does it? Does it? You know does it give you confidence? How does it kind of impact the presence of that team and 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 you and yourself as well?
7: It uh, it's great to have Kenny as a role model. I mean, the guy does just some incredible things, and if there was any doubts about the bike. I think he shut him up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um very quickly. Um and he's a great dude to be around too. He's always got a great attitude. He's uh he's never complained once since being on the team. And you know, I uh I think he's brought a very positive impact, for sure.
1: And I think Chiz the same, right? Chiz is very knowledgeable, really helping with the development of the four fifty bike, but I'm sure that relates a little bit to the two fifty and just He's one of those guys. If you ask him a question or ask him advice, he'll give you a long answer. But it's usually very intelligent and has a lot of information to share.
7: Yeah, for sure. He uh, are you hitting golf balls? And he's got a, a lot of just you know laps logged under his belt and a lot of feel. So he's a uh, he's a real as well he's definitely been a big part of the program i haven't got to work with him much because i'm okay i'm in california yeah but they are uh you know they're all in florida so i try and take advantage of it when i can marshall are you hitting golf balls right now uh possibly <laughs> <laughs> just the evening evening I, nine
4: <laughs> I, I heard the
1: heard the swing <laughs>
7: <laughs> just walk walk in a quick nine
1: okay yeah. okay uh yeah, that's funny. I just heard that sound. I was like, Oh my god, he's playing golf.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
7: so um yeah, you threw me off for a second.
0: <laughs> yeah, where where are we sitting now? What's the score? Yeah. You know? what we-
7: uh well I was on the phone when I just made my last putt, so I got a bogey, missed the putt, and uh <laughs> I just had a quick drive, I don't know, I'm about that was two twenty pulls, so just average, but uh it just one over going into three. Okay.
1: Hey, right, there you go. Just talk about the bike though. How how good we sort of touched on a bit how good is the bike right now uh dustin and his dad with the hep motorsports guys they've put a lot of effort growing this team in the last few years to be a factory level team and try to give you everything you need when on that bike
7: um yeah they're great people um we uh you know on the T50 side there has not been a lot of r&d but mm-hmm. i think coming into outdoors the bike's going to be really good because you know a lot of the attention's been put on the 450 so Uh, My bike's solid right now. I think it's 250 is just kind of a proven bike. It's a solid, you know, just a solid package as it is. So we haven't done a whole lot of, uh, you know, tweaks or changes on it. But the 450, I know they've developed uh, into something good.
1: Uh, You mentioned a second ago struggling with qualifying so our, I've got Doc Smith sitting in here. His, his dad's one of our co-hosts. He's a privateer. Just made his first night show in Atlanta.
0: But what? I was going to say, you know, Doc, you didn't realize this was going to be like Dr. Yeah. Phil tonight. No, but,
1: <laughs> but that's something he struggles with. A lot of guys struggle. I hear that all the time. Struggling with qualifying in outdoors and Supercross. And in Supercross, it's difficult to get a clean lap. You have to be willing to put heaters in right away. How do you get better at that? How do you think you get better at that?
7: It's a, that's a good question because I, I haven't
4: been able to do that <laughs> okay
7: um you know i i wish i kind of knew more of the answer i think for me it's just a comfort thing um you know getting to the race and being comfortable right away and i that's the only thing that's holding me back is i don't feel i i feel like i'm lacking feel of myself to the bike and that's what's like you know when i get to race say the more i ride the more comfortable i feel so by the time the race is coming I'm like all right you know here I am, i am i'm back yeah, but just getting through those first 30 minutes. You know, it's tough for me uh to just send it right away if you would. Um talk about this
1: Atlanta track last weekend. Some guys liked it. It seemed very difficult to make up time unless you were really really good in the whoops. That was really the most difficult section. Did you like the track layout? Do you like the speedway style tracks at all?
7: Uh personally was not not really for it um Mm -hmm. i'm not a speedway guy i like the traditional style i'm excited for this weekend um this looks like just a very traditional you know sx style track and uh, you know last year i had my best finish in MetLife, so i'm more excited for this style um i wasn't a fan of the dirt in atlanta it it wasn't bumpy and it wasn't even that ruddy but that dirt it just sucked you up man when you uh when you misjudge something or you were just offline a little bit like holy smokes you just you saw it with hunter and one of those highlight reels that's how mm-hmm. you know i had a few of those moments where it's just like <laughs> you come up a little short and just forget about it you know it's it's tough to uh it's tough to just let the bike roll and just relax because it always kind of felt like you're either gonna get hooked over the bars you know with that softer dirt because of the rain and whatnot
2: now one thing that uh, I haven't heard really any other riders talk about much is that off camber we had after that double in the back. That thing was Yeah, that was
7: actually really fun.
2: It was fun, but it was definitely different. Like you don't see that in supercross. No, I didn't I didn't notice it. Yeah, like you after can kind the can tell on TV. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize how off camber it was. Yeah, it was it was pretty off camber like mm. especially for a supercross yeah. like
0: did it get just one line or Oh uh, yeah, it was one uh, line it, pretty much.
7: I think it, it was one line, but there you could come at it from multiple angles. Yeah, so and they didn't pep uh, it all day. I actually enjoyed doing it because you could come up at the wall from the left or the right, and then it could set you up on the sand on either side. So I, I think it was actually a pretty cool feature.
1: Oh, yeah. All right on. How do you feel about the showdown this weekend? Is that something that re-motivates you? Or, you know, like I, I think it's cool. Obviously, as a fan and media, it's going to be awesome. But what, what are your thoughts?
7: Um, yeah, a little nervous as a rider, especially with <laughs> how my season's been going, yeah. but I don't have a whole lot to lose at the moment, so I'm not, you know, I don't have a whole lot of expectations coming into it. Um, but I, I'm excited to, to do it. I had pretty good success last year at the shootouts.
0: Okay, oh, well, call him that.
7: Do what? <laughs> he said the shootouts. <laughs>
0: oh, oh yeah, yeah, showdowns. Be careful, man. Yeah, they don't like the shootout term. I didn't
1: even notice. But... Yeah.
0: Uh, I was just going to say, do you, was the east coast decision more of like that's just where the team wanted you or do you feel like you suit the east coast it was just an injury well okay well you know barring that is do you would you are you happy with being on the east coast or would you have rather been on the west coast
7: just living in california i think a west coast would have been a better fit i didn't really have much of an option with the knee injury though i didn't get back on the bike until uh around second week of january so that's uh you know like we started racing first week of february so that was the main deciding factor was yeah. the knee injury but hey. I, if i had a choice just for the travel reasons i would have liked to been based on uh the, the west yeah do you, I bet. do you
0: think that would have do you think it affects your results at all like say obviously the injury but if you weren't hurt you know do you think that you would be better in the west coast
7: you know i don't know i uh i think both both coasts are pretty equally stacked i I don't really count one more than the other uh i I don't think results wise it would have much mattered. I just think far as a comfort you know with the travel we uh every weekend has been pretty intense, like this weekend, for example, being in Fresno, it's uh we're gonna leave Thursday at three thirty in the morning, drive to l a x and then fly out at ten, get into New Jersey at seven p m so that's just kind of the the other side of it that makes it, the whole thing tough.
1: Yeah, it's a very long
7: travel days back east.
1: Very difficult to recover from that. Certainly, you won't be recovered on Friday.
7: Yeah, that, and hopefully, uh, I think I'm in for press, so that'll just kind mm. of get the blood flowing.
1: Yeah. Uh, last thing I have for you is you spent a couple of years doing GPs. I don't know if you've been keeping up with it this year. I'm relatively new to
0: watching the GPs
1: <laughs> just due to <laughs> time. Like- I'm blown away at how good. What are you laughing at? It's just
0: like this. This has been this amazing sport, and you just like had no uh, idea. Well, I, I just didn't
1: take the time to watch them in the past. I've seen highlights, but like I just can't believe how good these guys are. Uh, mm. Have you been watching the series this year so far?
7: I, you know, I fell off of watching it last year, but mm. I've really been into it this year, uh, and it's it's been good this year. It's been really good. I'm a, I'm stoked to watch it. Yeah, I mean, like he's like like he said, I did live there, so I kind of became friends with a few of the people Mm -hmm. and uh it's it's nice to kind of have some people to to root for you know
1: absolutely marshall man i just uh good touching base with you good checking in i hope to see you do well at this showdown show them what you got but thanks for your time man
7: yeah thanks for having me on the show i appreciate it absolutely uh get a hole in one dude (laughs) yes sir
4: (laughs) All all
1: right that's marshall welton appreciate him coming on yeah i heard
2: that swing
4: Oh, yeah, I, I heard it too. That's funny that it's you caught like it because I didn't even realize yeah. it. No,
2: I, I heard it and I was like, he just smacked it. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah.
2: I heard the, the whoosh. Yeah. Think <laughs> That's a
1: golf ball. Yeah. Anyway, awesome. Uh, Marshall Welton brought to you by Guts Racing. That's funny. Uh, guys, don't forget our email, MotoXPodShow at gmail.com. We really want to start hearing from you guys. We're not getting a lot of feedback. I want to get some feedback on the shows. I want to get your thoughts. I want to get questions uh, things that we can improve on, et cetera, et cetera. So, please, MotoXPodShow at gmail.com. We're going to do another FXR giveaway here shortly. And also, if you're playing Pulp MX Fantasy, go search out our, our Moto X Pod show league. Join the league so you can be one of the thousands that is beating me. That would be – we'd be really happy to have you on. Um, I want to get to a couple more things. Looking for my Motul read. Motul. Dude. Oh,
0: sorry. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: Give your ride at Shine back. The Motul E10 Shine and Go Spray is our go to detailer for all of our bikes. Motul E10 Shine and Go Spray cleans and restores plastics to like new condition while leaving a protective film that repels dirt and grime. It smells like citrus, which is almost as cool as your garage smelling like race gas. You can find this in the entire Motul Power Sports product lineup at shopmotul.com. Shopmotul.com and enter <laughs> code VITAL20 to receive 20% off your order of $50 or more. Any local Cycle Gear store and online at any major Power Sports website. Thanks to Motul. Uh, let's see oh, here. So, I was going to – Doug, do,
0: do you have a handicap? Uh, I don't know. Does, does he have? That's, I imagine. Is that anyone.
1: politically correct to ask? <laughs> 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 no, <laughs>
0: I have no clue. We can't, <laughs> so we can't say showdown. We can't say handicap. Right, handicapable. Right. <laughs> do you have a handicapable?
2: <laughs> I have no clue. I don't play.
0: Do you, does he have one? Who? Uh, Doc, on, on uh, oh, a... Oh, I'm sure. I, I wasn't really that, asking him if he... I imagine he, that he asked that about everyone golf, that, that signs up... No. I, I would,
1: yeah, of course he has one. It, it'd have to be a 16. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I imagine everyone that signs up has yeah. a handicap. Oh, uh, let's get into our <laughs> Procs <laughs> highs and lows, and we'll wrap up with the 60 picks. Procs rooted in racing from motocross to off-road, supporting teams like Pro Circuit Kawasaki, Pro Yamaha, and SLR Honda. Procs has been dedicated to supplying quality components since 1975. From complex jobs like an engine rebuild to simple maintenance like filters, chains, and sprockets, Prox aims to bridge the gap between OE quality and affordability. Find Prox at your local dealer or online retailer. Visit Prox, that's dot O X-USA.com to search parts for your bike and follow Prox Racing Parts on social media to stay up to date with their latest, latest products for 2023. Prox Highs and Lows. It's I, wa- I wonder what I- Ducks
0: could possibly be. <laughs> well,
2: let's see. I told him to be prepared. Oh, you're talking about my highs and lows? <laughs> yeah, from your like, highs and lows from the weekend. Uh, he made a main. That's just uh, Well, I, that might, <laughs> I was, not, might like not be. Like, my personal or just... Whatever like, the highs the for the... I was really bummed to see uh, Vial get hurt. Yep. Like, I was, like, so, that's your low. like That kind of crash, Like that's just nothing he could do. Because mm-hmm. they came in on him. Like, there wasn't yes. anything to happen. Um, I mean, highs, of course, have made that. But it was good racing in general. Mm-hmm. Like Across the board, there was like See, I thought it was kind of a boring race. Really? Yeah. I, I thought it was good racing. It wasn't anything like crazy exciting, but it was just it was good racing. Like okay. there was there was battles that were going on, but there wasn't like like it wasn't an amazing race. But it was just it was good racing. Okay. Those speedway tracks normally don't have crazy good racing. Right. So, yeah. Scotty, what's your highs? Uh,
0: your highs at high. the, the uh, two stroke, two stroke in the main. That's Jared Lesher. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's my that's my high. Low is that it's wasn't it, it was at daytime like. <laughs> it was just weird it's yeah. like it's a night thing man like i, I yeah. don't disagree that's I, my low as well
2: i, I had, had, sun in my eyes qualify
0: <laughs> right. if, if we're gonna do a day race do a daytona and make it like a hair like a homage to like what it used to be a like, homage a homage homage
2: whatever homage I, homage. homage, yeah, homage, not, I, homage. or homage sure
1: you know you knew what i meant <laughs> that is true well yeah so my low is also the daytime program and my high is once again the mxgp battle <laughs> mx2
0: that, wait that's not fair I did it the same thing last week. It's All racing right.
1: from the weekend. Oh. I told I did you. You can do GPS, but yeah, I mean Adamo Benistan Everts, and the Wolf. That was my high, uh, and also Hurlings. But then I also have Doc as one of my highs. So I I had three highs. No, you just
0: added was, that in. Right super there. high, He's super high, man, super
2: high. Yep. So yeah, you can you can use the GPS. I don't. Wait, we know Scotty didn't have me in as a high. Nah. he didn't even know I made the. Yeah, night I didn't know you. this desk. Pathetic.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: All right, we're going to j- wrap yeah, since, up.
0: Since you text me all the time, dog, how you do. <laughs> with our, we're going to wrap
1: up with our 6D picks for New Jersey. 6D, since its inception, almost 12 years ago, 6D has, has Helmets has been dedicated to the relentless pursuit of brain protection. From the original ATR-1 to its successor, the ATR-2, the goal was to develop a revolutionary design concept utilizing creative, forward-thinking technology that would change the market, improve the safety capabilities of the sports helmets, the helmet is the most important piece of your protective equipment that you will purchase, so visit 60helmets.com or go to your local dealership and ask for 60 Uh yeah, let's go with you, Doc. Who are your Who's your podium starting first for 450. 450? 450? Yep.
2: Okay. Let's see. I um pretty confident that Tomac can get back up there. All right. Um so I would like to see him I I think I could see him winning another race this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um I would like I think Webb's going to get second okay because the dog in him was going to pull himself up right behind tomac and then yeah we got to put Sexton up there like just realistically he's right there always
1: who wins the showdown
2: who wins the showdown I would I would like Hunter to win but I think Jet's going to win it
1: you got jet also same as Lewis yeah Scotty, who are your picks
0: I'm going to go with uh, Sexton Barsha Webb.
1: I like the Barsha pick. I I oh, okay. I'll tell you mine right now. And who's who's, the, who's, your, two, uh, who's your showdown winner? I'm,
0: I'm going to go Hunter. Okay, so
1: everybody's got Lawrence Brothers. I think. I mean, it's either he could wrap he, the championship up this week.
2: I think. Okay, there's no like looking at it Maybe from how sure. how the seasons for East and West have gone. If you're not picking the Lawrence Brothers, either one of them for the
0: showdown, you're you're not you're not. So you're not, gonna, you're not doing good. Do you think there's Oof. like, there's nothing to the theory of they're in the championship. They're just trying not to kill each other. Oof. They like, or do you think that they're deep down? It's just like, all right, this is my chance to beat my brother. Or I mean, I for, really maybe more for I Hunter. Is that more for Hunter? I really or?
1: don't think they care about that Really, based off conversations I've had with them. I don't
0: think yeah, that. Well, they're going to tell you that. Yeah, well, but
1: even just like off the record, just kind of shooting the shit that they seem.
0: When they're sitting in the bunk beds at I home, feel legitimately like, like they a,
1: just are happy if each other wins. I, yeah. I, I legitimately believe that. Uh, but my picks, I went Sexton, or Sexton, Webb, Barsha. I have Eli off the podium. And I took RJ to win the showdown. So I guess I'm not doing right, according to yeah, Doc. But not I saying. just think Jet and Hunter are going to play it safe and be smart. And generally in the showdown, a lot of times we get a winner that's not expected. So yeah, but uh, I actually almost went Hayden. Yeah, but I, I decided to go go RJ.
2: You know, I think they're safe and smart is
0: still mm-hmm. winning. Yeah, that's or, a good point. Well,
1: but that's not what we're talking about. Oh, no, that's what, what I'm saying. saying. You're saying yeah. literally win. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, um, I yeah. have a
0: question. I'm either gonna it's either gonna be a good question or y'all just gonna bash me. God, but I, I hope we get to bash you. So like, who's who who who? We what was Husky doing?
1: Hmm? Oh, with the four fifty? Yeah. Um, I don't think they're gonna have a rider on the
0: bike right now. So they, okay, well, yeah, it wasn't I, a dumb yeah. question. No, I, I think RJ, I you, like, you didn't know that. So and so was going to... as far as
2: I know, nothing's been announced, and I think yeah. RJ stay on the
0: two fifty. Zach that, Osborne's gonna race. He didn't know that? There's four, <laughs> four <laughs> rounds
2: left. Yeah. Of course, they want to have somebody on it, but,
0: but RJ may, may
2: it ride time. it on the when it's a, a,
1: a yeah East Coast race. Yeah. But not.
0: Yeah, that's a good, that'd be good. I just like, why can't we put you know, like Benny or Kate or somebody races.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they physically, if they absolutely have to have somebody on the bike, maybe, or would they but, pull or somebody even a, like Miranda or something? I, like what, I think uh, they. I, I mean, I know it kind of just made
0: it as do. a joke, but would would the would the Zach thing ever even happen? Just to get somebody on the oh, bike? He's not even in or shade. Dean. He's I mean,
1: even, Zach's having a hard enough time doing GNCCs right now. He's still oh, not yeah, healthy. You know on a team. Yeah, yeah I think
0: it's a good point. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, that's
1: what I'm Honda, saying. It's so, a, yeah, it's a yeah. conversation because um,
0: it's, it's so weird how it works. Yeah. All
1: right, I want to thank Race Tech and Boyson as our presenting sponsors. Prox, X-Brand, Guts, FXR, 60, Luxon, Motul, WUSA, as well as our guests, Adam Cianciarillo, Cade Clayson, Marshall Welton, Scotty, Doc, thanks for coming in. Uh, again, with the 60 picks, why don't you hit our email up, motoxpodshow at gmail.com. Give us your picks. Maybe if somebody gets it dead on, it, it, okay, here's the deal. If somebody picks the podium and 450s and picks the winner in the 250 showdown class, and if it's multiple people we will just will randomly pick a winner out of that, I'll get a prize for somebody. Moto Show at gmail.com send us your picks for the New Jersey Supercross 450 podium and the winner of the showdown. But other than that guys, I think we're out of here. Appreciate it.
2: See yep. ya.